Hello, welcome to the Phantom Podcast. My name is David Sims. My name is Griffin Newman. This is the b- 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 bonus episode. This is a real bonus episode. This is a real boner episode. If anyone is listens to this whole episode, I will be stunned and flabbergasted. So this is not a normal episode. We are recording live from the Casa della Sims. Yep. Um, My busted ass couch. Uh, the poet laureate himself, uh, Purdue Ben, is not even here today. No. We didn't uh, want to trouble him with this. No. What we're going to do is we're going to record for you an entire commentary of Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. Yep. We thought was the only Star Wars movie, and now we found out they did make a sequel. Yeah, which is great. But which is great, but we'll watch that soon. We haven't gotten to that yet. No. Um, so we're going to get your, your Blu-rays out, get yes. your shiny Blu-rays. We're watching the Blu-ray cut. Um, I don't know what other information we can give you. None. We just want to give you a little time to set up here. Yeah. Because we're going to press play and you, you got to sync up your movie to us. Of course. I mean, this this whole experience is just, it's crucial that you are at the millisecond. Right. Frame by frame. Yeah. You're with we're us. not going to pause this. Nope. I mean, unless the batteries on this thing run out, and in which case, it'll be very seamless. Yeah. We have we have two hours and 20 minutes to talk about anything else we want to talk about, do Wikipedia searches. Yep. So we're just going straight into it. So is everyone ready? Sync it up. Press play. Do a countdown for me. Are, are you, do you push on one, or is, is it on zero? Do you know what I'm saying? On zero. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. Animas is starting. All right. Okay, so you have the 20th Century Fox fanfare. Right off the bat. I do hate that for the Blu-ray, they, they did the new... Yeah, this is weird. This is the, the fancy... Uh, Although, was this... Glamorized. Oh, because it's the home oh, entertainment. But then we're going to get another Fox logo. That's what's going to happen. Gotcha. Okay. You know. I'm pretty sure. Here it comes... Oh, you know what? That was a false start. This is now. Well, I guess if if you're watching the Blu-ray, yeah. So now we had the PG sci-fi action violence. Yeah. Yeah. There's no language, no sex. Okay. Now we have the proper Fox. Okay. So this is really the movie starting and proper. So you should sync with the second fanfare. Lucasfilm logo, great logo. I don't know if we talked about that much. It's such a good logo. Silver to gold. I don't know who thought of that. Green to silver to gold. Green to silver to gold. Okay, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. What's that font? It's good. It's just classy. Yeah. God, this movie starts so well. <laughs> this is the best part of the movie. Yeah. More movies should do that where it's just silence and then the title comes out in big letters with a burst of music. Yeah. You know, it's exciting. It makes you excited for what you're about to watch. Can we say we both fully decide that we hate this movie? Have we? Have yeah. I, I, we I said it on air last week. This movie just hurt me. Yeah. Yeah. No. Last week we said we hate this movie. <sighs> I'm I'm now so the excited to watch this. I know. The way this I am the every thing. time. We're always so pumped. Up. I think it's going to rule. Turmoil has engulfed the Galactic Republic. The taxation of trade routes to, to outlying star systems is in dispute. Hoping to deadly resolve battleships. the matter blockade of deadly battleships, the Greedy Trade Federation has stopped in shipping to the small planet. God, this is so boring. It doesn't make any sense. Well, the Congress of the Republic and this, you know what this reads like? This reads like something the teacher was saying in Charlie Brown that they had to make yeah, into brah, 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 brah. It's just like white noise. Uh, Jedi Knights, the Guardians, Guardians of Peace of Justice in the Galaxy to settle the conflict. Four dots. Four dots. Four dots. Oh, Georgie boy could and settle for three. Everything's yeah. got to be. Oh and, boy. Got, and all the font. The font is justified. You know, it's a. Yeah. 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 It's a justified. Even, evenly, font. evenly spaced. Yeah, a lot of weird spaces in between words. So that. 
to make it all line up, even yeah. lined up. That's what I mean. Justified. That's the word for that. I think so. Fascinating. And so then, here we got ship. Uh, red ship. Uh, we're not going to just describe this movie as it happens. No, we're gonna we're gonna. I mean, this this part's tough because we already covered this part. We did. We covered really. this in depth. Although yeah. I feel like we actually probably got a lot of stuff wrong, even though we were just talking about seven minutes of the movie. No question. Oh, we should put subtitles on for this. Oh. Did we do that? Oh yeah. yeah. Let me Wait, let me subtitle button. Uh, there we go. Uh, English for the deaf and hard of hearing. I mean, do we want like you know Swedish or Norwegian? No, right, I think I think go. just. Uh, oh my God, there's so many. All right. This is the problem with Blu-rays. Too many options. I just want to tell you, we are now. All right, just okay. So the deaf and hard of hearing. So if you want to sync up with us, it'll have um, you know, little sound effects. That means I think. Oh boy! Oh boy, David! Oh, here she is! Here she is! The she breakout is like, star. She is like the third line in the movie. Yeah. She's so shiny. Doesn't this look great, by the way? It does. Although, you know what, David? I've, I read a bunch of reviews of the Blu-ray, and this is a very controversial transfer. Really? Yeah, because uh, some of it looks immaculate, and some of it, people argue, is a little soft, and it feels like he maybe he, he cheaped out on some of it. Oh. All right, so here's Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, and Obi-Wan is worrying about something else. Now... The Qui-Gon just tells Obi-Wan to shut up, but Obi-Wan is clearly saying, like, yo, there is, like, a darker force at work here. You know, he's he's on to Darth Sidious from the beginning. Obi-Wan is completely proven right. And, His anxieties and, were very founded. And Qui-Gon's like, you're, you're worrying too much. Yeah. Let's he's, just have some tea. He's a bad mentor. And why are these guys... Why are they negotiators? I don't know. I, they're God. soldiers. Oh, but TC14, look at that tight there little butt. Look at that tight little robot butt. Professors <laughs> of Jedi Knights, I knew it. Oh, How are they going to force the settlement? It's never explained I also, what the Jedis are going to put on the table here. Uh, TC does look beautiful in this transfer. She looks great. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, we know that ultimately they're going to take their laser swords out, and and then that they're going to they're going to fight. Is that the implication for the beginning? That I don't think so. Because that would be crazy. That I, would be. I don't think they were. You know, that, that would be fascism right. essentially. Like, oh, we don't like your trade uh, proposal. Here's a sword in your face. But then once again, but it is sort of a hostile of move to send the Jedi's to negotiate. It is. Why would you do that? Well, they at least they interpreted it as a hostile move. Yeah, we only what? really know it is a hostile move because they're scared. Okay, but why are they lying? Why didn't the government just say, we'll send over some of our people? Instead, they said, we're sending over ambassadors and they're Jedis. It's hostile because they're lying. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, they're, they're at least, it's a lie of omission. They're not you, saying, yes. oh, and they're also Jedi. Right. A Jedi Knight, their number one job is to maintain the peace. It, but they're it, expertly trained in combat. It, it is actually crucial to note how little this makes sense and how much it hampers the movie from minute one. I know. It from the, really, from really the hurts get it. Go. This is the beginning of the movie and there's all this talk of like, there's a blockade. And it's... Oh. oh here these two characters guys. die. Goodbye. So yeah. This is a PG movie. I know. Two characters die almost instantly. Oh, TC14 drops the tray. But I think each of those characters got in three lines of dialogue so they could probably get a contact yeah, 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 yeah. They probably got contacts. Yeah. 
I don't think they did, but I'm saying they're eligible. If they if they were to reboot the Comtech program. The Comtech program makes it sound like some sort of Eisenhower era like government. It was very experimental, it was ahead of its time. They literally think the Jedi are dead. It's this weird thing where one, they're scared of the Jedi. Two, yeah. They have no idea what Jedi are like. Yeah, some gas, that'll be fine. That's enough. Were you the one who told me this? Or was it on the commentary that they designed the battle droids to have the hips the other way and there was a computer error and then George liked it so much they kept it that way so that's why they all walk like babies with dirty diaper bodies I didn't know that that's crazy because they, they walk yeah, with no, their, they, they their walk butts really, they, they're like, yeah they're like ducks I think it was supposed to be the other way around and then it got messed up and he was like no keep it that way and it's like they, they kind of have their chests out a little bit. It's just weird. I hadn't yeah. noticed it before, but there's droids all over. Everywhere. And it's like they're like little administrative assistants, you know, like they're they're like secretaries wandering around the uh, right. main they're, office. They're both like, the combat battle droids and then just uh, like, like look, secretary. Look, it's like operating a yeah. console. Yeah. That makes no sense. These things are moronic. Well, and then also, and, and you know, do not I, mistake the implications of this question. What does TC-14 do? There. Yeah, right. If they just she, have a full staff of battle droids who yeah, are there for everything. Then why do they need additional droids to do just T service? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm glad they splurged for TC14 right. because she is the breakout star of this podcast. But no, and then here comes. The oh, and then they have droid decas too. Yeah, they got the, so the many different types of which have two names. And again, you're in you're you're five minutes into the movie. You've introduced something that has two different names. They call them droid decas, and then Obi Wan calls them destroyers. But it's like you don't you don't own six different types of laundry detergent. <laughs> you might change laundry detergent after you run out of one. Right. We don't simultaneously have all six. And here they seemingly have every different type of droid. Yeah. All doing different miscellaneous jobs. Right. This is the thing. It's like on the one hand, they sent two guys over to deal with this. Right. So it's, that makes it seem like kind of a minor thing. On the other hand, look at this giant invasion army. There's a huge blockade of battleships. Surely this would demand more attention than just like, oh, yeah, send Obi-Wan. I mean, send Qui-Gon and who's his, who's his apprentice right now? That, that's fine. Okay, first of all, quick joke. We got to catch. The you were right about one thing, Master. Sure. Negotiations are short. That's He's okay for smiling. joking. He is eating. He's full like, on shit with eating that smile shit. right now. Yep. Now, here's, here's my second thought I here's just had. Here's Amidala. Komiti. Um, the battle droids. Yeah. Some of them are clearly like commanders. Yeah, generals, they have like um, colored. Paint. Yeah. Right. One yeah. of them has like a big yellow thing on his belly. Right. Uh, on his upper chest, I guess. That guy's got blue shoulders. Those look like yes. the receptionist ones are the ones with the blue shoulders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, are those regular battle droids who show such excellence in their specialties that they're upgraded and painted? Or do you think they program certain battle droids to be? be like commander you i that's a good question is there evolution in the battle droids existence or are they just you know? or is it like let's yeah. install the sergeant program right. and then do the other battle droids go like well that's all the only reason i'm listening to you is because you got the fucking firmware upgrade i could have gotten that too is luck of the draw don't fucking pull rank on me now i think that Lucas even talks about it. And, you know, the point is that they're cheap, right? Like the, the yes. Trade Federation cuts corners with these guys. Yeah, they're bad. And that's they're their bad undoing. Army. They're a bad army. Right. And maybe that's why they're picking on Naboo because Naboo is just a pathetic little planet that can, you know, be invaded by these stick robots. Look at this location, though. You're now, okay, we're on Naboo. This is the we're in the throne room of Feed. Yeah. All marble columns. 
It's so flat. Like there's yes. pauses between every line. Everyone, no one's sitting near each other. Like it's the most. Like, Panaka's just standing there. No character in this film acts like a real human being. And it's, yeah, that's true. So it's either like this very, very stilted, dry, people just speak in exposition. Right. Or you have characters like Jar Jar and Watto who are like all personality. Yeah, they're just. But yeah. their personality is based on like hackneyed, like, like fucking Buddy Hackett. Right. Fucking party record routines. You know? Track six on Buddy Hackett's third party record <laughs> is like the Jewish we alien. gotten to Jar Jar and you're already bad. The Jewish alien. So the, the ships are landing. The, I, another thing. Um, Amidala says, I will not condone a course of action that leads us to war. Like, what? what is she talking about? They don't have an army. What, what course of action is she talking about? Panaka makes that very clear in the least funny way possible that no, they no, don't no, have an no, army. We're keepers of the peace. I know that's Qui-Gon says that. I, I like what do you the, make of the design of all this stuff? I love it. Yeah, you like the droid I, stuff? I really kind of cool. do. Yeah. Um, the holograms are so cool in this movie. I like the holograms can change size. Yes. So yeah. we just saw a, a big size Sidious, and now it's a little, little new Gunray. Uh, new Gunray and, and the other uh, Dodd? No, the other one? It's, I just got him in the trading card app today. What's his name? Uh, Runaku. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not cu- crazy about the big ATAT ships. I do They're love the... personality lacking. What know? are they called? The staff? Apps, the the you, little like uh, motorbike kind of they look like segways. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The flying segways, I love those. Yeah, uh, those and here cool. we go. So okay, wh- so how far cool. we right now? We're currently at. How do I? What, what, what here, button I'll, do I I'll push on your remote? Um, I want to figure out what the entrance of Jar Jar is. 11 so it's eleven minutes, minutes in. Jar Jar shows up. Qui Gon knocks him out of the way. Oh God! Already, God, his the like, subtitles are mooey mooey. The subtitles of Jar Jar. You almost got really killed. Are you brainless? I speak. Jesus. Christ, Jar Jar. No, no, Misa, stay. Are you just going to read every Jar Jar? Um... Misa, cold Jar Jar Banks. Is <laughs> that cold? Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's broken English, but they're also phonetically spelling out the words he it mispronounces. Well, the correct words he uses. Yeah, right. Oh, God. You See, this shot looks really again. good. This shot looks really yes. crisp. Yeah. Some of them look a little blurry, and I think it's just they just didn't give a shit. Charger looks okay. Well, I he's, think he's very much obviously inserted after the fact. I think it's a faithful reproduction of how Jar Jar looked in theaters. Yeah. But the technology itself is a little creaky now. It's a little creaky. I mean, it's the beginning of something that now we just take uh, as a matter of fact in movies. Yes. You know? Here, here's another thing. Uh, Weta Digital, uh, the company that did uh, Lord uh, of the Rings Gollum. movies, yeah. Gollum, King Kong, now the uh, Planet of the Apes films. Oh, they do them too? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which, which, for my money, are are as good as any use of CGI. In I agree. The, the motion, they're sort of the motion capture kings, those yes. guys. They invented, I think, a lot of the technology that gets used by mm-hmm. everybody now. Yeah. And I think the big thing they pioneered was trying to build a proper, like, musculature underneath the characters. Sure. Okay. So they don't just, like, create a rig, to use animation terms, where it's like, here's the design of the character, and then we'll just add joints in it. They go, like, where are the bones established? They build the bones digitally, and they put the muscles on top so the muscles have the right tension and sort of torsion okay. when they you know flex and whatever it is and then put the flesh over it figure out what sort of consistency or translucency the flesh has and then animate the character I see what so you're that, saying so 
it's all built underneath so that when they animate it, everything moves accordingly. And Jar Jar definitely feels like from an era before that yeah. where his limbs are just made of spaghetti. Yeah, he's just <laughs> like, wobbling around. And they're, yeah. maybe that's one reason they make him so cartoonish because it sort of covers that. Because he's always flopping around right. because he's such a fool. Right. Here's the, the Gungan city is, is pretty. It's very beautiful. I, I mean, they I, say in the commentary that was the moment when yeah, they really the screen... The, uh, everyone freaked out. But this looks kind of soft, the transfer. Does it not? This looks a little blurry. This looks like oh. DVD. Yeah. The water is tough. Water is tough. This must have been a pain in the ass for the for Liam Neeson and uh, McGregor to shoot this. They're just in a tank uh, surrounded by green screens yeah. looking at nothing. Um, I like the Gungan city okay, but it doesn't have a ton of personality, if you ask me. Like, once you're inside these little bubbles, there's yeah. nothing. There's no set. Yep. It's just floors. It's a boring city. And, and also, like, it's just, like, the idea that this is the sort of second-class race yeah. on Naboo makes no sense because they seem so advanced. Their technology is so much better. Yeah. Like, it'd be one thing if they were literally just underwater people living in the ocean. Wait, hold but, on. This is my favorite line coming up. Tarpoles. You said big doo doo this time. It's not funny. It's so funny. It's just not he's, funny. He's a serious. He's a captain yeah, he, of the he's, army. He's, he's like in charge. How he goes? You are in big doo doo this time. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, the Jedi's uh, just walked in from yeah. the sea, right? They yeah, swam right, right, in. Right. Their and clothes should be wet, by the way. They are not. Okay, they're a little wet. They should be dripping. Yeah. Oh, that's what you're gonna say. And Qui Gon's hair should be like, uh, like he just came out of the shower. Yeah. This should be the setup for one of your slash porn uh, fan fiction. They have to dry themselves off with each other's mouths. Yeah, they have to like go to the the Gungan changing room. They have to blow hot air on each other. <laughs> uh, they go. Oh, our, our hand dryer are down. You got to use each other. Um, it, it, this is, just, but I just want to read, like, they have built Atlantis. Like, this yeah. is a, a crowning achievement yeah. in civilization. These mm-hmm. fish people have built this immense galactic, I mean, underwater kingdom. And, uh, and, and they're supposed to be the idiots. Yes. And um, they talk like, uh Talk like dummies. All right, Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon uses his Jedi mind trick. I forgot about that. Oh, right. You got a text there? I did, yeah. I was trying to do scheduling stuff. But look, yeah, look at the way Boss Nass moves. Because it's like he's supposed to be fat. He's got sort of like an excess of flesh yeah, hanging off his jowls. face. But it doesn't move in correspondence with his movement. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, It's like yeah. they're separately... That, that's like the big thing Weta did. Was they were like, if we program, if we animate a movement... Mm-hmm. Then the skin uh, uh, I understand sort of what you're saying. simulator we've created, the muscle simulator will all follow suit and move accordingly. Yeah. And Boss Nass, it's like someone's animating his mouth and then someone's animating his jowls. It's almost like puppetry. Like yeah. It's more like uh, old school. Pu- yeah, yeah, he doesn't look great. Boss Nass looks worse than Jar Jar. No I question. Yeah. I think the fat maybe doesn't do him any favors. Maybe there's less uh, being put into him anyway just because I imagine Jar Jar was the A-plus assignment at the visual effects, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Jar oh, they, Jar, that. they threw the biggest. Yeah. yeah. But even look at how badly like oh, the fabric yes. moves. You know what I'm saying? Like the fabric looks like rubber on like yeah. his on his cloak because it like doesn't. 
drape properly. Um, so uh, I just, you know, I, re- I, you know, Age of Ultron. I was just watching Age of Ultron uh, the other day. I saw it again. I saw. It for, I've seen it three times. Jesus, and that's really? Enough. That's enough. Because I'm still kind of mixed on it. But I'm a little mixed on it too. But three, three. I mean, one was a press screening, so you know, yeah, I, right, I right. paid twice to see it. Um, yeah, let me reset. I'm not kind of mixed. I'm pretty damn mixed on it. Sure, that's I'll okay. Say, yeah, I mean, it doesn't. Multiple viewings does not help it. I'll put it that way. Sure. You know, uh, it does comes off like TV more and more the more you watch it. You know. Yes. And um, but the thing of, that it was interesting about it is that the Hulk is great in it. Okay. The, they did literally the visual effects are yeah, it looks amazing. And you you kind of you know you think back to just ten years ago or so where people were saying like can that even be done? Right. Or the Ang Lee movie is what two thousand three. Uh yes. And it doesn't work in the Ang Lee movie. Yeah. They try, but it do, it's not a great effect. I do love. Look the Ang Lee movie. Look I at love it too, Nisa but Claus, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, it is crazy how far we've come, but it also just feels like um, I know there are limitations of technology, and I know it's like. I mean, cri- criticizing the CGI feels a little like complaining about like movies being black and white. It's like, well, the thing it no, just had criticizing it. I know, I know. But I'm just I- saying it's amazing how quickly that's been solved. Yes, I also think th- the people working on this didn't make the right decisions. If that makes sense. On th- this movie. On this on- movie. Oh yeah. I yeah, think yeah. there were limitations in the technology, but also th- it's poorly executed, right. even for its time. I feel like there are other films with CGI from this era that pulled it off better. Okay. Um, do you have any in particular that you're thinking of? Uh, well, it's organic creatures, so it's like... I was going to say, like, Toy Story obviously still holds up better in terms of the animation, but they don't have to deal with, like, muscles and stuff yeah, like the, that. The, the, the kids in Toy Story look terrible. They do look terrible. They look worse than... Andy and... Yeah, uh, what's the Sid. villain? Sid. Yeah, they, they, their faces are really... Look at these robots in the background. Did you see those? That's I, a different type of robot marching a, that we've... There's a lot of robots in this but movie. this is another type of robot that we have not seen yet in the film and have never seen before. Now, I They've, like, wanna... seven different classes of robots on this fucking Trade Federation donut. I want to say the, the 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 bongo ride through the ocean yeah is just without stakes yeah and it's the problem of the Jedi where they are so calm under any kind of pressure that yes. it never seems like they're in trouble agree even though look it's like the lights are going out uh oh because they got attacked and Jar Jar's freaking out we're gonna die and Qui Gon's just like just chill out and Jar Jar's always worried so Jar Jar being afraid doesn't mean anything no, to who us who cares he's we can't he's relate to him. He's now literally he's, he's so annoying. Yeah. But he's also he's um And here's there's a crocodile thing. Yeah, great. Uh, a monster's back. He's presented as the idiot so you don't relate to him. No. I feel like to make a Star Wars movie work, you would need a Jedi and then you'd need sort of like an every man or every woman character to be like, "Wait, what's going on?" Yeah, you you need some kind of just uh I don't know, like a fighter pilot or just like uh, a, like a like a charming scoundrel. Yeah, scoundrel. You know, like a lovable We've rogue. talked about it before. It'd be great. Uh, like a Vince Vaughn. And now Qui Gon's going to deliver another. Or no? Did he already do it? There's always a bigger fish. I think we missed that. It's another of yes. the like straight to the camera jokes in this movie. It it's just like boom, <laughs> and it's uh, not funny. This whole sequence just feels like because it's not like a thrilling action sequence under the sea. There's no, some it's, nice visuals it's showing off. Yeah. The creatures are great as as spotlighted in the battle bag line of toys. Yeah, I don't know if they're great. They're okay. I think they look cool. They look okay. But yeah, that looks good. Look at that. That looks great. That's Here a real. Feed, yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, but this is a little soft. 
This is my maybe my favorite shot in the movie, a solo song. It is a great shot. Look at the, the light bulbs in the giraffe. It's such a great shot. The shot of Amidala looking out the window is what we're talking about. It is yeah. a great, great shot. It's just very... You wish it was ominous, for a better movie. Yeah. These compositions are beautiful. I mean, whenever he has like a wide establishing yes, yes. shot, he's they're good wide. He's good at blocking. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he is. Um, I mean, and his team, I assume. You know, his. Yeah, but, no, then, but, but George does have, a, I think, a really good eye for framing. Is this is this is the scene where uh, when when the bongo emerges in feed, where uh, George on the commentary is like, "This is all fake. This is nothing. Yeah. Nothing is real. Nothing is real." Yeah. But then these palaces must be real. I don't know where they this is. That's this why is they somewhere look so good. in. This is somewhere in Italy, right? Yeah. Because they shot this stuff in Italy. The marble staircases and stuff. I think this is our first appearance of Kira Knightley. Yep. Here's Kira Knightley as Queen Amidala. And it's pretty much the moment uh, the Trade Federation arrives. Yep. Sabe. You know, I was thinking about that that thing where uh, in our last episode, uh, I forget who it was, was talking mm-hmm. about how xenophobic this movie is. And it's really apparent here. Yes. Just how creepy and gross the uh, nemoidians are it's fear like of leading the other. her around yeah fear of the other seriously this is a real like you know the goths in- invading the roman empire you know it's yeah. like you know the the beauty and the stately ancient uh, civilization being taken down by these like gross blubber men I can't even like dissect the logic of this for honesty to see like I no, want to no, point out yeah, everything yeah. that doesn't make sense no, no, the, it doesn't follow at all yeah the Jedi's like it's also half-assed. There's like eight droids yeah. to escort the entire Naboo like royal procession. I don't totally understand why they feel the need to destroy the droids. Why they didn't feel they could just stop down and be like, "Hey, Amidala, come with us." Well, I guess because one, we need some action, but two, the, the droids are just so useless they probably can't even be reasoned with. Yeah, they it, just attack, right? I guess. Yeah, it just feels like very low stakes to to like to start doing back flips and like fucking like light rapier right. tricks yeah Sio Bibble by the way giving the, the Jedi huge attitude right yeah. after they save his ass he's like your negotiations didn't really work did they and he's like we never even negotiate I feel for Qui-Gon there Sio Bibble is another character who maybe gets 15 minutes of screen time in this film you have no idea who the fuck yeah, he who's is who's he supposed to be is he the butler right. is he the prime minister like yeah. he could be anything Anaka ostensibly that's a great shot by the way Kira Knightley yes. and then Natalie Portman over her shoulder looking, looking over. over it's a that's a terrific shot um is that Sofia Coppola behind her I can't tell uh no Sofia Coppola I think is the one further behind oh yeah her. you're right I just saw her eye. yeah um again this other thing yeah that's yeah, Coppola in between yeah, the two yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this other thing where they're like oh I hope that the, the galactic senate sides with us yeah when we go petition them they sent the Jedi mm-hmm. aren't they already siding with them I don't know D- Why none don't of this just... makes sense I think it's not addressed in this movie but I don't think there is an army for like the galactic senate and I think that's part of it it's sort of like the UN you know they don't really have much past the Jedi's the well, Jedi's is their own only peacekeeping force. Right, but they're just kind of like... So maybe this movie is about, like, the rise of militarism. Like, the Trade Federation built their own actual planet-invading army, and that's like a new stone being thrown at things. That's why everyone's so ill-equipped for it. I don't know. I'm talking out of my ass a little bit, but... Can I I say another thing? This movie is called Star Wars. Wars. That's true. There aren't really wars going on No, a war is brewing. Brewing. 
Uh, so, yeah, the Jedi are liberating the very small Naboo defense force, taking out some droids. Those droids are simple. so easy to kill. Yeah, they're so, it's, again, it, the lack of stakes is an issue. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a scene it was a couple minutes ago where Panaka's like, ah, oh, there's a bunch of them. And Qui-Gon just says, eh, it won't be a problem. You know, like, that's what it's like. All right, so here, okay. he's down in, Jar Jar is down in the droid room, and apparently, according to George Lucas, there's a whole scene cut where he's just running around and the droids are all, like, knocking him over <laughs> and stuff, which I really wish we could we could have in the movie because it would just be so awful. There's the blockade. All right, so now there's the blockade. They shoot at the Royal Starship, whatever, what's it called? And right the Royal now, Starfighter. Now we have this. Uh, oh, can, God, can Rick Ollier. Uh, so, such bad line readings. It's such um, bad line readings. She sits at a console, waits for the droids to fix things. Like, what? what's he doing? Can, can I point something out? Like, this is that endless rabbit hole of logic that I don't even want to go down. I, I just want to say, I do really love the droids fixing the thing. It's a cool image. Them getting yeah. blown off. Knocked off one by one. Yeah. Do you think their feet are magnetized, or are they just Must actually things going the it's like practically going at light speed. Right. <laughs> like, right, their feet have the to be magnetized. The logic of it is tough. Yeah, because they're on the top of it. Yeah. I see, like that last shot where you saw R2's little robot arm putting yes, the, fixing right, the this stuff. I, like I love that. it because it's, it's so tactile. fucking practical yes, and tactile. Because yeah, yeah, yep. the rest of the ship, it's like this fucking silver CGI thing. Compare it to the bongo scene yeah. where it's all just cartoon. This is great. Yeah. And then, bam, right? They're going to... No, maybe not. Hyperdrive, Hyperdrive is, leaking. is leaking. Yeah, right. Whatever. Wouldn't that cause like a rip in the space-time continuum? We're talking about faster than light speed. Yeah, where is it leaking? What the hell to? is the hyperdrive? Like, if space is infinite and the hyperdrive is leaking, <laughs> does it just leak forever? Do you know what I'm saying? Does the yeah. leak go straight down into infinity? I do not know. Like the general concept of hyperdrive, faster than light travel, is yeah. that we enter another dimension. Right. That's the idea. We go into subspace to essentially like leapfrog. Like, yeah. You know. So I don't know. Could you imagine if it? So it's like leaking, like like whatever, like, like, like gasoline liquid, right? Yeah, right. And then it just drips, and then you're walking around on your planet, of course. <laughs> some hyperdrive fluid like leaks onto you. And you're like, like where'd that come from? And it was like, oh, that's that was two years ago. <laughs> two years ago, this ship five thousand light years away. So here, Sidious is talking to the the people, but and he's sitting yeah. before he was standing. I like the idea that he's like, no, I'll sit in the chair. Oh, and you know, there's the introduction. Yeah, of these Maul, the holograms. Cool. The holograms can change size. They yeah. can change poses. Well, right, because if he's sitting right now, he seems to be sitting in that chair. You yeah. can see the chair behind him and through him, right? right. So is he on the other yeah, end? A parallel chair, right? Is he sitting on a chair, but that chair isn't part of the hologram? So instead, it looks like he's sitting on the physical chair there. Yeah, I guess so. And and vice versa, right? Like right. The Nemoidians are sitting in holographic chairs at his end. Yeah, right? All right, so now R2 is being, um, he's being praised by Panaka, who's... I, I do like Panaka's reading here. Because, yeah, he's good. Yeah. He throws a little R2, spin on it. Yeah. R2's all banged up. Again, I love that. The the scoring in the dirt. So this is yeah. Kira Knightley still. Mm-hmm. And Natalie Portman is assigned to clean him. We talked about this. Yeah. How it's like a weird power move from Kira Knightley to assign yeah. the queen to like clean up this dirty droid. Yeah. Also wash my feet. You know? Yeah. No, I, totally. If I were Sabe right now, I would just have her do everything. Because you have to remember... Um, 
A lot of these handmaidens are people who lost the election. Uh, yeah, right, of course. Right, so this that, is your that's, chance for that's revenge. That's the weird thing. Yeah. And here she is cleaning him. Husa Aryusa asks Jar Jar. He's a shit guy. Natalie Portman is uh, gorgeous. She looks great. She does have... God, she's got like... And I like such her a perfect face for the pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect face for the pictures, I say. What are these these things behind them? These little ball suitcases? Yeah, little lockers filled. I don't know. Maybe that's some of her dresses. It looks like a stupid shape for a, for a suitcase. You know, it's like a little pod. Yeah, I never thought about the design of the Starship. There's weird, like, desk chairs, too. Yeah. And for, you got to think, like, what? somebody somebody did all that, you know? Some, some production designing assistant, you know? I also think this ship is so big from the outside. There's so much of it we're not seeing. That's true. Although it's so slender, it's yeah. it's not very tall. But I feel right, like there's so some additional rooms. landing on Tatooine. That happens pretty fast. Yeah, I guess it's just I just for you know yeah it's like barely a first act before we're on Tatooine. God, this broken hyperdrive looks so cool. I wish I could buy a toy of it. So they sense a disturbance in the force. All right. Um. Yeah, I do. But just to get back to the hyperdrive for a second, yeah, I think. And it's not explained. Qui-Gon, R2, yeah. Jar Jar, and Padme. The old gang. Yeah, that, that without any consultation, consultation, that's who goes out um, to uh, Tatooine. And then Panaka doesn't come with him, right? He just hands off Padme. I mean, look, Panaka is not dressed for Tatooine right now. He is wearing yeah. all leather. He would just, he'd just sweat to death. I do love, I mean, I guess it's part of her disguise, but even, like, the handmaidens dress to the nines. Yeah. And this Padme outfit is like a fucking potato sack. Yeah, it's it's not a, not a very flattering outfit. So they're walking. By the way, they're just going to walk? That's There's, like a long walk. Why not park closer? Yeah. Or do you have, like, a little shuttle or something? A speeder? Some of these background design guys are amazing, though. Yeah, this is pretty good. That really tall alien there. We we're on, we're in Mos Espa right so, now. We're yeah, in Mos Espa, the city of Mos Espa, on the planet. Kinda, they're on the outskirts right now. They're sort of wandering in. the city. There's probably a sign that says now entering. here is freaking long. Oh yeah, it's down that's to her crazy. Butt, and it's in like these crazy braids. Oh, that's a. Bus and she also has the braid now. around her head too. She's got like yeah. sort of a frame around her face of braids. And so, and then Qui Gon mentions there's moisture farms, which is kind of a cool idea. I mean, see, yeah. that looks like terrible. That looks awful. That, whatever that creature is, creature walking behind them, and it's just obvious. Like they all look. Rubbery. Yeah, they look yeah. they look shitty. Oh, Here's here we Watto. go. I can tell that Watto still kind of looks good. Yeah, Watto looks good. I think they may have cleaned him up a little bit. Yeah. Lots of Nubian. He speaks Hadiths. Yeah. But he is not Hadiths. He just speaks it because they yeah, rule the planet. So I didn't even now. think about that. That's the language being spoken in Tatooine is Hadiths. It's not like some other language. Here's the crazy thing. Watto probably speaks three languages. Yeah, because he must speak Toydarian, whatever he that must. is. He must. He speaks Hadiths and he speaks English very well. What is the point of Jar Jar? <laughs> God. They bring him in here. He's already fucking things up. He's so st- and he's and he's arrogant too. They All tell right. him don't do this, and he sticks his tongue out. So here's a scene with oh, here, are you an angel? Which is oh. a terrible line reading. But then you got that great cut to Padme looking at him, yeah. and she is angelic. She yeah. looks gorgeous. She does look like an angel. And he's adorable too, but yeah, he cannot read these lines at all. No, uh, poor Jake Lloyd. Again, I like the background though. 
uh, there's that thing there's moving a in the background. Moving around. Anything that's physical looks great. Yeah. Um, that's, physical things are awesome. Yeah, man. All my life. He, 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 all right. I don't mean to rag on this guy, but you know, no, Lex Camera Jackson. Yes. Oh, yeah. He, he, it's kind of the same thing it's where it's like three, I think. Like, yeah. he's like hitting the lines in this like really, really practice yes. uh, uh, kid actor kind of way that right. just, just takes you right out of the moment. Well, that's the thing and with LCJ. around with a pit droid. This the, sucks. The thing with LCJ is that he like very clearly just studied the way that TV yeah. film critics talk. Right. It's and, Yeah, exactly. T- broadcast film critics. It's a total. Right. Like yeah, it's less about the content of what he's saying and more about like. But unfortunately, well, yeah, this it's, film it's Gene Shalit, right? Yeah. So he's got like those rhythms down, and Jake Lloyd I think is doing the same things except with his parents' line readings in the trailer. You know? Yeah. Like his mom, who's not an actress, probably wanted to be an actress, failed, pushed him into this. I love how you have yeah you've developed this whole like backstory for Jake Lloyd's yeah uh, fucked up. Jake, life. Jake, pay attention, pay attention, say it like this. At least I think so since I was three. I think yeah. uh, Qui-Gon is trying to trick Watto and Watto is not picking up on the fact that this guy's obviously a Jedi. What you think you're some kind of Jedi, implying that Watto, in his mind, there's no chance that this guy's a Jedi. I guess maybe that's the idea of Tatooine and it's just so backwater, but yeah. then why is he hurt a Jedi? He's hurt a Jedi. Yeah. He goes, what, you think you're some kind of... He doesn't go, what are you, some kind of Jedi? He goes, oh, so you're a crazy person right. who thinks he's a Jedi? Right. Occam's razor, bro. He's probably a Jedi. Yeah, especially since he came from Naboo. He already told you. He came from a, He's looking for a hyperdrive. This from isn't Naboo. like some like sack of shit just wandering in and looking for some nuts and bolts. What is Jar 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 Jar's doing? fucking literally... You said nuts and bolts and Jar Jar's literally juggling nuts and bolts in the background. He's got like nuts and bolts in his mouth and his hands and he's throwing them up in the air. Yeah. And now we have this... Jar Jar, you can't even walk out the door without doing something funny. And now we have this moment where Watto and Anakin have this very nice little moment together where yeah. they're he's like eh. so they're both speaking huddies now yeah and he's like, speaks yeah, get out of here yippee. and he says yippee this shot of water is great it's um, bizarre it, it implies that water is going to be crucial to things whereas really he's just kind of a, a plot hiccup no water really is anakin's dad i mean even if not yeah, biologically right. which i argue he is he raised anakin oh yeah sure 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 you i know? mean one imagines maybe anakin was just born with a mechanical sense yeah as part of his force yeah, but, probably like but i think i'm yeah you got to assume Watto has been teaching him this stuff from day one and i'm not i'm not endorsing slavery I'm not either. I'm just saying, like, you know, that's what he's got. That's all he's got. And I was, I'd say four. Oh, my God. Here we go. Gra-gra. Holy shit. Yeah, it's really early. Selling those gorgs. So they're the gorgs who look like little people. Hanging upside down. According to which toy you check, wow. some people call them chubbas. Oh, Gra-gra. Gra-gra's Gra-gra voice looks is great. Looks great because it's a real costume. Yeah. Also, Gra-Gra's voice is so so deep. It's so masculine. I always forget. It's the deepest, like, it's like James Earl Jones. James yeah. Earl Jones would be great in a Star Wars movie, actually. Yeah, he'd be good. He's got the right kind of voice to voice an alien or something like that. And I feel like he has that regal presence, but he always has character. He uh, never feels like a dumb fucking, fucking cypher character. Here's Sebulba, by the way, who doesn't look perfect. He looks okay, no. though. The face is kind of well animated. Have we talked of... about what kind of stereotype Sebulba is? What is he? I don't know. He's sort of like, I mean, you know, 
in Tatooine, there's this general kind of Bedouin Middle yeah. East trade. You know, it's like they're in Morocco or something. He's a little swarthy. And, yeah, and because Saboba looks like a camel, right. he does. Yes. That kind of feeds into that, right? He's sort of a Middle Eastern. Yeah. But then again, he's also... Uh, a, a racer, a corrupt, like, I, I don't know. It, it, you know, his his character doesn't really follow with his look. He also, his tendrils look like sort of little. like a Fu Manchu mustache. That's true. That's true. But also could be like little dreadlocky kind of things. Maybe that's the solution because neither of us find Sobulba offensive. So maybe yeah. if you take like six yeah, different you just stereotypes. Yeah, in a, a bunch of different stereotypes. That's a totally good idea. Because the other ones are all so focused. It's like... Check, 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 check. Right. All those line up with dumb propaganda cartoons. You know? So now there's a sandstorm, so they have to... Why are they with Anakin? This isn't explained. This old lady. My bones are aching. This this woman. Her is bones awful. are aching because she can sense the storm. She, that woman is right out of a Mad Max movie, though. It's kind of weird because she even has like an Australian accent for some reason. Yeah, and even her clothing, some weird and, her her dirtied face. Uh, sandstorms are very dangerous. Anakin's life seems to be pretty good here for like a slave. Like everyone knows him. Yeah, it's true. He, he yeah, he's sort of friendly with all the locals, and uh, you know, he lives in this little apartment building. Watto, for how gruff he is, does seem to treat him well. You know what I'm saying? Like he treats him like an equal, kind of. Especially because it's we're not really seeing anything better than Anakin's quarters, Anakin's little hut. So we don't know how bad this is. And my guess is it's not that bad. I think it's probably pretty Like, good. this house seems fine. Yeah. But then again, you know, he is not a free person, so... And he but works yes. for free. But he's so also, there's some problems. But he is everyone, like that old lady with the with the storm bones, yeah. is, is, looks even dirtier it's true. than he does. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's all open market like selling like this just it just it's it's almost like it's fan service but for fans who like why does he have a protocol droid no idea it it's, just makes no sense you would build like a fucking can, can I out the lacrosse droid? racket in the background do you see that lacrosse racket hanging up there oh yeah 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 the little I think scooper, that's really funny. or a high lie? Is that the one? Maybe it's a high lie, yeah, because lacrosse is like a the little net. A little net. Yeah, it looks like high lie, because that right high lie is the thing they play in Tron, right? Uh, that's right, yeah. right. Yeah, um, I love Tron. Tron's uh, great. Oh, let's do a Tron. Let's episode. do a Tron episode. I wrote a paper on Tron in college. About, really? Yeah, about how it is about like the personalization of religion in post-war America. Can I tell a Tron story just because who fucking cares about Phantom Menace? <laughs> It's so bad. Uh, I love Tron. Yeah, Tron's great. Uh, I saw it when There's I was. There's no movie like, that looks like Tron. No. Uh, before or since. Including Tron Legacy. No movie looks like and, Tron. You know what? I think Tron Legacy looks great. Yeah. I don't think it's a great movie. I agree, but I think it's a beautifully designed film. It's a film. gorgeous movie. Yeah. yeah. Looks great. Um, but it's a totally different design aesthetic. My big problem with Tron is Tron Legacy is the, the, just the plot where it's like, oh, and then these these weird life forms appeared, and there's no explanation of what they are. I, I, yeah. I'm like, he drives me crazy. Tron is also like surprisingly kind of straightforward. Yeah, like once Tron, you get through Tron all the backstory, it's dense at the beginning, but then it's like he's got to find his way out of here. Yeah. Yeah. But but there's so much there's a lot of richness. Oh, here we are, Coruscant. Sorry, I just wanted to. The talk whole plant's a city. So this little balcony is, this is their apartment. Where yeah. They is it that no? See now now I'm thinking maybe this is a street because there's lamps. Ooh, interesting. So maybe they're just taking a stroll through Coruscant. Which is kind of a crazy idea that Coruscant is just this city on stilts. 
where this is like a Jetson city. Is there no ground? Maybe there's no ground. We never see a ground. Maybe the ground is all homeless people. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So it's a, that's kind of a Judge Dredd thing, right? Yeah. And the ground looks like Tatooine, where like everyone is in, in dirty drags. Or did you ever play Deus Ex: Human Revolution? No. Where it's like, yeah, there's like the ground people are very poor, and then everyone who's fancy lives up in this like above level. Can I talk about one thing quickly, and I'll get back to my Tron story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Disney Infinity, my favorite video game franchise, right, which I've never played. Essentially, the only video game I play. Yes. Uh, has announced that 3.0, the next installment, is Star Wars focused. Oh, cool. So Disney Infinity is a game meant for children. Makes sense. Makes sense because they have the license now. Right. Yeah. It's a game meant for children that I have spent thousands of dollars on. That's crazy. Thousands? I added up. I spent at least a thousand dollars. That's in total. that's insane. That's yeah. absolutely insane. Yeah. I think right because you know the big thing is you get it's it's a game that combines digital and physical. No, I I know you buy these. So you buy physical stuff, figurines, yeah. you place them on a base that you plug into your console, and that lets you play as those characters in the game. But there are also these playset pieces that you put that down. Is, it's a ripoff. It's a ripoff. That's what that is. And then you, the power discs that give you like power up abilities, weapons, vehicles, things like most that. games. That's all built into the game, which costs fifty dollars. I know this makes you buy separate things that right, cost that's money. Crazy. The power discs come in blind packs. It's like a trading card. Oh. Okay, okay. And so you buy two power discs for $5. You don't know what you're going to get, so you might get dupes. I have so many dupes. Okay. That's where I spent most of my money, It's just buying power discs and getting all these dupes. Is and there, like, a rare, uncommon, common? Yeah, of course. Jesus well, it's, no, it's just Christ. rare and common. Okay. It's clear or red, and the red ones are rare. But the stupid thing... Or, and the red and orange are rare. But the stupid thing is that... Um, I have, like, in collecting, gotten, like, four dupes of a rare and failed to find one of a coin, a, a disc that's sensibly common. Okay. Clearly, it's it's all uh, random. Where are you going with this? So, they're adding Star Wars. Oh, my God. So exciting. Phantom Menace. Not my favorite movie, but we spent so much time on it. That's I'll get true. to play as all my favorite Phantom Menace characters. One fucking Phantom Menace character, the rest of its expanded universe. Really? So, what's the one character? Darth Maul. Right, and then it's not even Qui Gon or no. That's crazy. Uh, Obi Wan's in it, but it's a different Obi. It's, it's like Obi Wan. It's, it's an Obi-Wan. older, yeah. 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 yeah, we talked. About it's like him. expanded universe Obi Wan, um, and Anakin. It's like a, it's like an adult Anakin too. Was well, it? Well, is there anything? From, wait, look, we haven't even talked about the second movie much yet because we haven't gotten into that yet. We're still, we're still right. focusing on the Phantom Menace. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Wait, what was your Tron story? My Tron story is I love Tron. Yeah, I, I would talk to everyone about how great Tron was. Um, no one gave a shit. Right. People threw. Fucking apples at my head, yeah, um, and as they should. Yeah. Uh, so I'm in school, and it was like one of those like half days, maybe before like a holiday, mm-hmm. like a four day weekend, where all the teachers are like, "I don't want to teach a fucking class. Like, can we do a special thing so that we don't have to teach a class?" And our computer teacher was like, "I'll show the kids Tron." Okay. And he's like, "What?" And he was like, "I'll give a little speech explaining how Tron correlates to computer programming, and we'll all watch Tron together." Sure. And I spent the whole week being like, "Guys, you are." In for yeah, a you treat. were pumping everyone up for Tron, which Tron. was a stupid thing to do. I, in retrospect, yes. yes. Yeah. I was like, guys, get ready for Tron. I so, mean, if it's 1982 and you've never seen a movie like that before, maybe. I think it was 2001. Yeah, so people have seen movies like that since then. Yeah. You know, they've seen movies that are technologically advanced, is right. all I mean. But I love the story of Tron. Yeah, of I love the characters. I thought everyone else was going to get on board. Um, so I tell everyone, get ready for Tron. Start watching Tron. Immediately, everyone hates it. They're yeah. like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Tron has has like five title cards at the beginning explaining the backstory of the film. Sure. That I heard they added later after test screens because 
the audience couldn't follow what the fuck was happening. Fair enough. So they see these title cards, and it's immediately like... They're just bored out of their minds. I'm so yeah. bored. So everyone's like joking and fucking throwing shit at each other, and kids are probably fingering each other yeah, while Tron is Yeah, school is not a good... No. Yeah. We're in like a classroom on like the top floor of the building. Like, the lights just, are off. It's kids crazy are fingering that Wano just accepts he has the starship because Obi-Wan has... I mean, Qui-Gon has a picture of the starship. Yeah, he's like, oh. He's like, great. Is that, is that how things work? Like, you can't have that picture if you don't have the ship? Does he just accept it on faith? I hey, can't you just take me to it? Well, we parked it like two days away. Why? <laughs> you park know, this closer. is a spaceport. You yeah. can park here. This city is tiny and it's covered by sand. What, 90% of this planet isn't populated? Yeah, Jesus. So just park as close to the city limits as you can. Anyway, I hype up Tron. Everyone's it, bored. Um, yeah. They're fingering each other. Okay. Girls are fingering boys. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, and uh, the teacher, like after 30 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever it is, is like, you guys aren't paying attention. And they're like, but we can't follow what's going on. And he's like, look, if you don't want to watch Tron, we can all go back and we'll give you fucking homework to do. Okay. He didn't say fucking, but I'm yeah. trying to yeah, 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 replicate yeah. the intensity of the situation. Okay. Everyone's like, no, that's not fair. We shouldn't have to do homework just because we hate your stupid, boring movie. And someone raises their hand and they were like, but at this point, we're so deep into it that we can't even follow it because it doesn't make any sense. How are we going to keep watching? We'd have to start from the beginning. We don't know what's going on. No one knows what's going on right now. I can see where this is going. And then someone raises their hand and they go, I think Griffin knows what's going on. Right. And so you stand up and you just lay out Tron for them? I had to stand up in front of my entire like seventh grade class and yeah. explain what was going on in Tron. I bet that was well received. Horribly received. Yep. Horribly received. But... How does this relate to this? Or does it, it wasn't. Not? We talked about Tron for a second, then it just reminded me of a you Tron just story. You this great Tron story? We could just talk about Phantom Mass for two hours and 20 minutes. I'm already fucking bored of this movie. Oh, yeah. Here, he's talking to his little... So, this is interesting. That's the ComTech communicator, right? That's yep. the Comlink communicator that's then turned into the ComTech chip reader. Yep. The ComTech chip reader is, in actuality, huge. Right. You mentioned... I mean, the chips are pretty big on their own. Right. And I'd say, like, the... the uh, the ComTech reader is like the size of like a Poland Spring water bottle. Right. And in this film, it's tiny. Yeah. It looks like an iPod Nano. It, yeah, it's not big at all. Yeah. It's basically like a, just a little microphone, like right. a tiny, tiny little. Yeah. So at that point in time, they were like, if we're going to put in the technology that's able to read microchips, it has to be the size of a water bottle. Yeah. And now we have iPhones that are smaller than that. That's true. That can do everything. I mean, that is the funniest thing about any sci-fi thing. Star Trek has the yeah. pads. You right. Know? And on the one hand, you're like, ooh, this is, this is an iPad. They nailed yeah. it. But then when you watch Star Trek, you realize, no, each pad basically like a piece of paper because right. people are being handed like multiple. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like they're so close and yet way off the mark at the same time and trying to predict what the future is going to look they like. They can each only serve one function. I mean, it is literally, I just watched an episode of Star Trek where someone is like, and here's one <laughs> ship registry and here's the other. And it's like, you couldn't just like swipe between them? No, they don't They don't get that. Okay, here's my boy Wald standing on top of a box. Yeah, so here's Anakin's friends. Again, we should note Anakin's life. Not so bad. Plenty of kids his own age. Are they all, all of these kids slaves? Together? That's the question. Are all of these kids slaves or so. no, is Anakin as a slave treated and dressed to the nines per Tatooine Mos Espa styles? No, I think these kids are all slaves. All these kids have ruddy faces, their yeah. hairs and knots. Isn't that Emily Osmond? Doesn't she play that little kid there? Really? I'm not sure. I may, I may be just talking now. Yeah. You might be talking about your butt. Okay, so now in the background of the shot, deep focus here, Jar Jar is trying to fix the pod racer. There's the laser beams between the this, two. This 
chase scene, which apparently is unbearably happen. tense, according to uh, for kids. Uh, yeah. And now, now, oh, his <laughs> fucking tongue his gets tongue caught. Is, in that th- this feels like it should uh, have some bearing on the plot. Like maybe we're, the purple laser is going to make. Uh, look at how later. good that tactile the hand. That's yeah, an actual the, the physical hand. Great. It looks great. But that's also that's a odd man best in a Jar Jar suit. Oh really? For that the insert hand? shots when you just have the feet or the hands because he was. I just wearing, made up that Emily Osment thing. Sorry. Nice. He was wearing a Jar Jar bodysuit on set. Yeah, no, I know. I know for right? reference. And so there's a couple shots where it's just his. We talked about whenever this. his face is, and it looks so much better. It does yeah. I um, really I hate this because I, I, I want I, I just want this no one's noticing him oh no hey, finally my tongue Padme is fat Annie yeah I mean Annie just says like um, it should have some bearing the purple laser should come into play again and it doesn't he says get a part of your body caught in the in the purple laser thing you'll be numb for hours so yeah hours it's like geez that's a long time right a lot of things could go wrong and instead it's like we have 40 seconds of Jar Jar not being able to speak properly yeah and, and then actually, it's never addressed honestly again. he actually speaks a little better with his tongue numbed maybe that's the trick if we cut out Jar Jar's tongue he'd speak like a normal human being this doesn't make sense by the way he turns on the engines but the thing doesn't go is it in neutral or something like I don't know but he says it's working it's, it's working. not moving it's not at moving. all it's just spinning yeah I mean uh, Ben right, Quadraneros this scene, this scene is so work. creepy this is the creepiest this is the scene blood. he's cleaning Anakin's wounds and it's just the two of them they are not being there's no chaperone here yeah and really I know I'm just kind of kidding around when I say Qui-Gon's like this kind of uh, child abducting like slave man but still but he really kind of is and then yeah. he just he just as he's cleaning it he just slips the little blood tester on him and uh, steals his blood and what are you doing checking your blood for infections he can't tell him um, you're looking at your Star Wars card trader app I just got a notification from the Star Wars card trader app that the Dagobah pack is now there's a Dagobah pack okay I it don't said know what that is. Dagobah pack six cards includes brown and green Dagobah insert cards we haven't gotten brown cards before that's a new color odds yellow 1% oh, fuck I still think I'm gonna buy Darth Sidious pack for 30 I've saved up my credits to see who yeah. I get you got Lobot Lobot got him Captain Tarples I have like three I have him Mace Windu. Mace so not, Windu not, that I have. See, here's the thing. I'm still trying to get like I'm only missing like 20 golds, and really? other than that, I have all the base cards. Wow. I have every white, red, blue, and yellow. That's crazy. You're so much further ahead of me. I'm only 20 golds away, so I'd rather save up 30 credits and spend it on yeah, no, I get it. A Sidious pack because getting dupe golds and yellows you can use them for trading is more beneficial yeah. for me in trading than if I use like if I buy a Dagobah pack or right. for say. Uh, you know, a, a Rebels pack. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get a lot of whites if yeah. I'm lucky and insert, but I'm going to want to hold on to that right. insert. The inserts are not tradable. And the dupes I'm going to get are not valuable. They're, they're it is pretty low, exciting when you get low an insert. Level. Oh, God. When you get an insert. <laughs> yeah. So here's Darth Maul surveying the town. Also lands very far from Tatooine. I but with him, it makes sense because he doesn't want to be seen. His ship, by the way, is very cool. So cool. And then he has these probe droidy things that so are also cool. cool. These little cameras that he sends out. Darth Maul is this movie's biggest failing. That they he do should wrong. be all over this movie. But we agree the sequel's got to be Darth Maul. Yeah, right? Attack of the Clones. We know we already figured that out. There are a lot of cases where like they kill off a villain in the first movie and they bring him back for the second because the fans demand it. Yeah. I assume that's what they did with Attack of the Clones. It's weird that our memories are so fuzzy about that period, considering that we remember seeing the Phantom Menace so clearly. I know, and I saw 
Tiger clones three times, no question. I saw it twice, maybe three times. We're not here to talk about Tiger clones yet. Can I tell a quick story about seeing it that doesn't relate to the movie at all? Okay. Um... I uh, this this relates back to this is the running story of my middle school years. Uh, Attack of the Clones comes out. I think I'd seen it already two times in theaters. Don't remember anything about it, but apparently I loved it. Yep. Probably thought it was the best movie ever made up until that point. I'm sure. Uh, my two friends, uh, Cody and Molly, were dating. Okay, so this is 2002. You you can't be very old. No, I was 13. Okay. They were dating. Had been dating maybe for like two years. All right. We all thought Cody and Molly were going to get married. Did they get married? No. No. Okay. Molly was my oldest childhood friend. I've known Molly since she was like three. Sure. Um, I haven't seen her in a little while now. Cody was like my best guy friend. They were dating. Their parents, understandably, were like, we don't want you going and doing stuff on your own. You're 13-year-olds, and you're dating. Who knows what you could get up to? It's true. So they'd be like, what if we hang out with Griffin? Wait, dude, the chance cube. The chance cube. Blue, it's the boy. Red, Red his, mother. Uh, his mother. So... Wado is willing to sacrifice uh, Shmi and then yeah the loaded chance cube the chance cube (laughs) I can't talk enough about how stupid it is the chance cube is 50-50 it's just it's just the most ridiculous thing in the world red the boy blue his mother green you owe me a back massage (laughs) turquoise like it should be like infinite option you know you should be rolling a 20 sided die yeah Purple, another roll. Um, I go see Attack of the Clones with Cody and Molly because that was the thing. They wanted to go see movies. I get you. Movies are the one place without adult supervision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they could, where they could do mess around. It's trusted that God, Griffin. No wonder you have such a weird relationship. Right to sex with sex and women. Yeah, right. Because all I did, my life was always I was the like guy. They, the parents were like, oh, if Griffin's there, no sex is going to happen. Yeah, right, right. And instead, what happened was I would sit next to two people having sex. Yeah, yeah. You were you. You were just there as uh, everyone else was uh, discovering their bodies right. and figuring out yeah. all this stuff, and you would just sort of sit there and like smile and nod. So this was the summer of 2002, and that week I remember distinctly every day that because all of us were about to go off to summer camp, so it was like one of those last weeks between like school ended and summer camp began. Uh, and it begined uh, between school ending and summer camp beginning, and um, every day that week. I, I just want to point out this background guy with the skull face. I think is awesome. He's, He's got like a spacesuit and a rocket pack and it's orange and he's got a skull the, face. The pod race is beginning which we've already covered in detail. Right, so I'm going to talk about Cody and Keep, Molly. Just, just do this for a couple more minutes. Yeah. Sure. Every day that week we went to go see a movie together. Okay. At the uh, United Artists Union Square 14. Sure. Now it's now a Regal, Regal Theater Regal. but at the time it was a Union Square United Artists No, theater. yeah, understood. Important details here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every day that week we'd go see a movie. Okay. And I'd sit next to them and they'd give each other hand jobs. Ew, gross. And Jesus. I would just watch a movie. <sighs> and a lot of these movies were movies I'd already seen because I'm a lunatic and I see every movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they'd always ask for my advice. They'd be like, Griffin, what movie should we see today? Right. And I'd be like, we should go see Scooby-Doo. <laughs> okay. I was a big fan of Scooby-Doo at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, ah, I don't want to see it. Like, they'd argue with me as if it was if a they movie were they were going to watch. Attention. Right, yeah, yeah, And I'd be like, are you actually going to watch it this time? And they were like, totally, we're totally going to watch yeah. it. Yeah, well, you know, I get it. As I can start, they'd just be hand-dropping each other. Yeah, gross. So we see Attack of the Clones. This was like the end of the week, and I was like, I'm not dealing with this again. We have to invite someone else to the movie. Yeah. I'm not going to be the only one here. Okay. So we invited Helen, who I had a big crush on. Okay. And so Helen comes to the movie, and I was like, get ready. This is awesome. And the second the movie starts... 
This is my third time seeing it. Cody and Molly start hand dropping each other. Gross. And Helen is like, this is the dumbest movie I've ever seen in my life. This is so boring. This is Attack of the Clown. Yeah, and I'm like, this is great. Please. I love this movie. It means a lot to me. And she's like, I hate this. Let's talk about anything else. During the movie? Yeah. I would never have allowed this. So Helen just wants to talk the whole movie, and Cody and Molly just want to touch each other the whole movie. And at a certain point, I was like, hey, Cody and Molly sure are making out a lot, huh? I was oh, like, you're yeah. Trying to, you're trying to. And like, I was yeah, like, yeah. I guess if you're bored during a movie, that's a thing that people can do during a movie rather than talk. And she was like, I'm not going to make out with you, Griffin. Well, fair enough. And it was like every 15 minutes, I'd be like, what if we just made out for like a minute? Griffin, you thirsty. I was mad thirsty. Yeah. But I was every day of my life, I was sitting next to people Griffin, don't making get out with each other. On me. I'm not gamer gay. I'm not saying I deserved I know, anything. I'm joking. I'm just saying it was a tough time for me. And then I distinctly remember I, I stopped. Spoiler alert. But I stopped Cody and Molly from hand-jobbing each other at what was my favorite scene of the movie. I was like, seriously, you have to... And they were like, Griffin, we do not give a shit. Yeah, they did. And I was like, this scene is so good, you need to pay attention. What do they think of it? They were like, ugh. Okay. They hated it. Yeah, well... They hated that I made them do that. Well, we have so much more to talk about uh, Attack of the Clones when that comes out. I know. When it comes around. And I'll tell everyone what my favorite scene is. I'll, I'll save that for the podcast. The scene that I made them take their hands off each other. I really want to know what the scene is, but we'll talk about that later. It's We're now arguably the worst Cody scene and in the Molly movie. again. No. No. Is it? Well, we'll find out. Yeah, I think you can guess what it is. I okay, Foden Bead. <sighs> They're ululating for Job of the Hut. Yeah, it's not great. The, I love the pod race, but this stuff is kind of half-assed. Gardella, what was her name? Gardella. Gardella the Elder? Yeah, she's the that, older yeah. one. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know what? It's already so much harder, like, women over 40 to, like, get jobs. She's not a woman. She's a slug. Okay, she's, but I'm saying uh, females. Yeah, I females, I understand, right? I understand. To, to put Elder in her name, just because she's, like, the eldest child. You're saying it's a, it's a hindrance rather than a help. I don't know. I think there's a reason How she's standing think, six feet behind Jabba, even though he's Quang younger. paid for this uh, box seat that they got? It's really nice. Probably like 50 billion credits. He, do you know how many Darth Sidious packs he could have bought Ugh, for the amount he talk spent? about it. <laughs> so, yeah, we it's are... elevated skybox. It's so boring. The helmet's cool. Helmet's cool. The pod race is... Uh, He's, he's one, he's, we talked about this. It's just the visual language of the film makes the most sense here. Do you want to talk about Tomorrowland for a little bit while the pod race is happening because we've already yeah, covered sure. the pod race in yeah. such detail? Uh, so I, saw saw last, I saw it last, last night. night alone. Hey. Um, there was almost no one in the theater. Really? The movie is a flop, which is I, sort of sad. See, I saw it at an um, IMAX screening, yeah. and it was pretty crowded, and it got applause at the end, actually. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I saw it at um, a 9.20 p.m screening at the Regal Court Street. Uh, oh, on a Tuesday after Memorial Day? No, of course Day, there's no course one there. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, did you know that at on Tuesdays, if you're a Regal Crown Club card member, uh, popcorn's $2? I do know that. That's really awesome. I do know that. Um, you know, in my wallet, my Regal Crown Club card is yeah. the oldest thing in my wallet. It is from 2008. I've had it that long. Oh, mine's older than that. Well, mine... I moved to this country yeah. in 2008. That's just, okay. you know. Yeah, I have like yeah. the oldest design. Me too. And it's, um, maybe you're, maybe yours the barcode's like scratched off. Yeah, it doesn't work that just, well. Yeah, mine doesn't. They have to manually type in the, the zero, 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 yeah. zero, 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 zero. Yeah. Right. 
uh, Wado's box here, as, oh, yeah, as infamously Davis. replicated in the, the classic action figure box set. Ah, but then, ooh, the sound. So good. This is a great sequence. Uh, ben Quaggenaros uh, stuck at the I hate Ben Quaggenaros. I don't okay. like his face. So everyone hates Tomorrowland. It's getting panned. Is it getting panned? I mean, it's it's definitely, I think, being seen as a failure. Even th- uh, even if some people think it's like a noble failure. I think the reviews are really frustrated and angry. Because yeah. Brad Bird is such a genius. Yeah. He's made three masterpieces. Yeah. Um, Iron Giant, uh, Incredibles, Ratatouille, just yes. to be clear. Yeah. And then he made Ghost Protocol, which maybe you don't like as much as I do, but I love that movie. I think it's like a perfect I think fun that movie house is just movie. ballet. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like a perfect Rubik's Cube movie. I agree. I think the script is pretty shitty for Ghost Protocol, which he didn't write. Yeah, I know. I, I think know. it's a beautifully constructed film. The script is 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 kind of like Marvel movie level, where it's, yeah. it's got a lot of good lines. The chemistry of the cast is pretty fun, but it's sort of air. You know, like there's not a yeah. lot to it. Yeah, it's 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 like fucking vaporware. Yeah, but it's all about the sequences getting from one Rube Goldberg machine to another, and yeah, he nails no, that. It's yeah, beautifully yeah, yeah. constructed. Um, and then Bird is just, I, I want, by the way, kind of an underrated director of actors because Renner is great in that movie. Yeah, in a part that could be very boring. And, Agreed. Uh, Paul uh, Patton, I think. Similarly strong. Yeah, I agree. And in an underwritten role. And well, cruises. Cruises, cruises. When he's yeah. Oh, I love. But also, you look at the vocal performances that um, uh, Brad Bird's gotten out of people. Oh my God! Well, Vin Diesel. Right. I mean, yeah. Look, the main cast of of the Iron Giant is Vin Diesel, Harry Connick Jr., and Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. And he maybe gets the best performance that each of them has ever given. Uh, They are all Harry Connick Jr. And you're forgetting Christopher McDonald in. The Iron Giant is the villain. Uh, yes, it I was not forgetting. Tremendous. I was saying he's probably the fourth lead. Well, who, who plays Hogarth? We don't know. Uh, Eli Marenthal. Oh, nice job. Oh yeah, I know that shit. Good Are you pull. kidding me? I know that shit. Um, he's great too. Yeah, he's terrific. But I'm saying Jennifer Aniston, you wouldn't think would be good at vocal work necessarily. Oh, she's so good. Though. She's really good in that movie. And it's weird because it's not a big role because uh, it's just the mom. It's just kind of the worried mom. Dude, she nails it. Yeah, she nails it. And then yeah, Harry Connick Jr. is wonderful. And then you look at the casting, incredible. I mean, not to mention how good a performance. The Incredibles he gives is, as Edna Mode himself. Brad yeah, Bird is true. the voice of Edna Mode. No, but no, The Incredibles, Holly Hunter and Sarah Vowell, especially. And Craig T. Nelson, too. Craig, kills they it. have so much emotion in there. Like, yeah. I love The Incredibles. And, so and then much. you go on to Ratatouille and you, you have Patton Oswalt killing it. What great outside the box casting choice. Yep. Um, the, Inc- the Incredibles suffers from uh, who plays uh, Linguini? Oh, you don't like that performance? He's kind of annoying. I like it. Uh, I was going to say Phil Romano, uh, long-time Phil from The Gethard Show. His name is Lou Romano Lou is his Romano. name. Okay. I like that I voice. Know. He's a picture animator. He's not an actor. Okay. He's all right. Um, I but would, Gene Garofalo is great, and Will Arnett is great. Yeah, Gene Garofalo is great nice... while doing one of the worst French accents in history. That's true. And, and, and um, what's his name? So Gascano has like a... A view screen, yeah, which is weird. It feels like an unfair camera. Yeah, it does feel like an. It's kind of like in this Super Nintendo Mario Kart, where if you pressed X, you can see behind you. That's an interesting thing about pod racing. Is like. Like Formula One racing, it's like well, the, there are the basic like measurements. Like everyone has to 
their car has to abide by the specifications. Yes, like. although everyone's making different engines, and that's crucial. But, right. But yes. But yes. this, the vehicles are entirely no, so different. different. Yeah, yeah, they're all, which is great. I like that. I do, uh, too. The, like ben Quadraneros, look, obviously it didn't work at all, but in theory, having four engines... I think it'd make you real fast. Right. And then Sebulba, again, he's this, you know, this monstrously big thing. Yeah. And then Anakin's all small, and, you know, it's a David versus Goliath. Duck Ralter. Uh, R.I.P. Kaboom. Collapsing. Do you, here's a serious question. How many people do you think are still listening at this point? Zero. Right? I think this might actually get zero downloads. Yeah, no, it, it, no one's going to listen to this. It's going to be like 200 megabytes. I think some of our listeners will, like... Well, well they'll give it a good effort, and then they'll, they'll be like, right, I, I think enough. they might swipe ahead just to make sure, like, oh, they are still talking about it two hours and 20 minutes in. Yeah. But then I think what they'll find when they swipe ahead is me talking about Cody and Molly giving each other hands Yeah, up. that was pretty gross. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I think Tomorrowland's great. I do, too. Yeah, so let's talk about it a little Just for bit. a second. Let's just talk yeah. about it for a second. Um, I think it's a really fun movie. I do think it's his worst movie. I would agree. But, but, but the bar is so high. Bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, I see a lot of people attacking the logic gaps in the movie. Yeah. I don't think it needs to be logical. I don't that movie. either. I think the movie has a little trouble that a lot of movies have where it's like a lot of these big, you know, sci-fi kind of movies have where there's a lot of backstory that it just can't get into. There's I, a whole other movie to this movie, but I agree. Think, I think that's fine. I kind of like the movie they chose to make. Yeah, me too. I think they advertised the film so poorly. Uh, yes, they did. Because that, that is, they did the whole fucking goddamn mystery box technique. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, you don't know anything. You have to see it to unlock the whole thing. Yeah, it's but, the Damon Lindelof but thing. But from the campaign, from the imagery we did see, it made it feel like the movie was going to take place predominantly in Tomorrowland. Right, whereas it basically doesn't at all. It's a Wizard of Oz movie where it's like, we got to get to this place. And you only get there at the very end. And it is, it's problematic because um, you want to see Tomorrowland from yeah. this ad that she sees near the beginning. Right. And then when you get there, it's all busted up. But you can't make a movie set in Tomorrowland because it's like a paradise utopia. Like, what's the fun? It like, also is much like Wizard of Oz, where the whole time they're like, we gotta get to the wizard, we right. gotta get to the wizard, and they right. get there, and it's not what they thought. They're yeah. disappointed. Yeah. You know? I like that to it, but I think if the advertising had sold the movie as what it it's is, a, which is... A chase movie, almost. Three like people it. struggling to get to this place, this yeah. mystery yeah, 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 place. Yeah, 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 yeah. The tension and the whole film, you're wondering if they're even gonna get back there. I think they have great chemistry, too. Me, too. Clooney and Britt Robertson and... Um, Raffi the, Cassidy. Uh, she's she's so unbelievable. Good. She's a that great girl is unbelievable. Plays Again, the little robot girl Athena. Brad Bird really knows how to direct actors. Look at the difference in child performances between Rafi Cassidy and Jake Lloyd. That's a very, very good point. And it's not just about an, a talent or ability. It's no. not just about maybe Rafi Cassidy's parents did better line readings with her in her trailer. I also think it's like George doesn't care about actors. It's like he openly yeah, he is doesn't. like the dialogue is wallpaper. I don't care. Which is funny because you'd think Brad Bird might feel the same. He's an animator. Yeah. Actor Actors are less important to him. He's a visual master. Oh, but he clearly loves he actors. Very much loves he to get loves these great performances actors. out of yeah. people. Yeah. Um, I think Tomorrowland's really sweet. I mean, um, I, I I like the message of it. I know a lot of other people saying the message is like shoved down your throat. It is a little bit, but it's a kids movie, so I can deal with that. That's the thing. I give it a lot of passes for being a kids movie, not because I think kids movies should be held to a lower standard. No, I think Brad Bird, if anyone, standard. has proven that 
a kids movie can operate on extreme uh, right without having the, the annoying Shrek adult like, levels just throw in right. some jokes right yeah. and he's dealt with complicated themes before in his movies but I think this movie specifically is like a message to children it's him trying to impart them with some lessons right not in like a patronizing way but it's like the movie sort of ends up being about the importance of media yeah and how what kids absorb change the it changes their outlook in the world that they live in on the world that they live in yeah and Tomorrowland's like I want to make kids believe again yeah and so it has to be a little blunt and a little unsubtle in order to get those points across but I know I, I had like a couple hairs on the back of the neck moments me too across the film I liked all of the set pieces a lot I love really the well escape from his house. Yeah, I love the Eiffel Tower thing. Some people that made people really mad or whatever. I just think it, it had like a lightness in its step the whole time, which really I helped. Agree. And look at you know, as opposed to um, it definitely had that Lindelof thing of like a lot of people asking questions that are not answered in an annoying fashion. Which I don't mind if you don't even ask the questions. It's annoying yeah. to ask the questions that go. We don't have time for that. Yeah, right. Like that's like he just, just a slap that a in lot. the face. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, it was just it was just always a problem in Lost where you. Would, like Jack would finally have yeah. someone who could give him some answers, right. and he'd just be like, "Where are we?" Or like he'd ask yeah. like the totally wrong, and just be like, "No, right. no, 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 no!" Start asking questions like, "What's the smoke monster? What yeah. is that thing for? Can you explain that, please?" But anyway, uh, I think it's the best Lindelof movie, which is super faint praise. Well, wait. Apart from Prometheus and Into Darkness, is that it? Uh, he wrote Cowboys and Aliens. Oh, all right, which I've never seen. Um. And there's another one, right? Is there, I mean, Into Darkness and Prometheus are both failures. They are not just script failures, but I would say the script certainly is. Yeah, he did not write have any part in writing Super Eight, correct? I don't think so. That's, isn't that that's just uh, is that Abrams. just Abrams? Yeah, I'm looking him up. What's J.J. Abrams doing next? He hasn't done a movie in a, in a little while now, right? I'm, I'm fascinated to see whatever he wants to yeah, do. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd love to see what kind of film he's doing next. So we are watching Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Mask, just to remind you. Oh, he wrote World War Z. I oh, think, right. I, I think he wasn't the only person who wrote it. Yeah. The movie is actually not bad. I think he did rewrites. I yeah. think he just did the reshoots at the end when they threw out the whole right. last third act of the movie. Right. Jabba the Hutt is sleeping. And that's it. You know what's really funny is uh, Lindelof wrote Tomorrowland and then Carlton Hughes, his lost show writing yeah. partner, wrote San Andreas. Oh, really? Yeah. He's the sole credited scriptwriter. Really? For San Andreas. Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm so excited for San Andreas. Uh, my boss saw it yesterday and she, she liked it a lot. Uh, I saw those tweets. Um, yeah. Looked great. Uh, the tweets looked great. Tweets um, look great. Okay, so now. So now Annie has won. Shmi is kissing him on the cheek, congratulating him on Watto's winning. Watto's box. And he. Watto's beginning to smell something stinky, I think. He's, he's a small he big accuses Qui Gon of swindling him. David, here's uh, a serious sort question. Of, yeah, go ahead. What, what were you going to say? I don't know. I mean, Watto sort of has a point uh, in that, like, yeah, Qui-Gon did have this. Like, he does a blood test on Anakin. Yeah. He gets a little bit of an inside track. Like, what if you were doing blood tests on horses before the fucking... You can't have him. It wasn't a fair bet, Watto Qui-Gon's says. Like, let's take it up with the huts. Which is kind of weird, because you don't even know what that means. This is, we both got a tweet. 
Oh, oh Adam Stanley Values. It's from uh, oh, Lux Alfram oh, listening I, to... Uh, we, I, Adam Stanley Values is legitimately one of my favorite movies. And I've so seen great. it 1,000 times. I owned it on VHS. Uh, John Cusack rules. When I was... Oh, she's amazing. Yeah. When I was a kid, I used to watch the moment where Pubert uh, bumps onto... You know, shoots yeah. onto the airplane and he just goes like, ah! Like, to the window for one second. <laughs> I would just rewind it and watch it over and over and over His again. name is Pubert. His name is Pubert. Pubert is a great sight gag every time you see him with a little, little mustache. mustache and a little it's so suit. funny. It's, it's so funny. It's a baby in a little suit. Because, you know, there's a lot of weird rules governing babies and how much makeup you're allowed to yeah. put on them. And they do such a great job with very light, yeah, very slight little. touches. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, man. So they sold the pod. They have some money. What's he showing? What is the money look like? It's like weird little discs. What I, I never even thought about it. It looks almost like it's like um, a hard drive that you load credits onto. Do you know yeah, what I'm saying? It yeah, doesn't look like you true. would right. hand to it's someone. It's like Bitcoin. Right. It's like you go to, to Gragra and you go like, hey, can I plug this in and transfer? Yeah, yeah, right. This is really weird, this scene, because Qui-Gon is very emotionless in delivering the news to Shmi that he is going to take her son from her. Yeah, I love that he didn't tell Shmi that yeah. he had bet he his son's freedom <laughs> until after the, the race is over. Uh, he's not like, look, I want to let you know, if Anakin wins the race, I'm going to take him with me. He's like, so Anakin won the race, I want you to know I'm peacing with Anakin right now. Because this is the thing, she doesn't fight it because obviously she knows it's a good call for him yeah. to... But at the same time, there is this like, there's a little steel behind Qui-Gon Singh, which is like, just FYI, yeah. I actually own him now. When I love Anakin going, can I go mom? I want to do it. And it's like, bitch, you ain't got a choice. Yeah. You fucking owned by this guy now. It's a weird scene. This is... It, <sighs> It's almost right. There you go. Now he finally realizes his mother can't come with him. Is this truly one of the least emotional films ever made? It is. It's it's a weird scene because in one way it makes a sort of sense that such a little kid might not fully understand the emotional weight of what's going on here. That he might never see his mother again because he's just a kid who lives in a town. Like he might not get how far he's going to be taken away from her. Dare I even hand, argue? Why can't yeah. Qui-Gon just fucking take her? What's Watto going to do? Take her. Take her. What, what's Watto going to do? So send the space. army after her? You know you do. You take her and you put her anywhere else. You know what I'm saying? Just like it's like anywhere. Buy the two of them an apartment in Coruscant. Like this part, this planet is controlled by the Huts. Guess which planets aren't? Thousands of others. Literally every other. It's one. a galactic like system of police and laws, and it's just he is a Jedi Knight. Is it like a Star Wars, Star Trek thing? Like where it's like the prime directive? He can't mess with this like primitive society? No. Because he's stealing his The life. rules of the Jedi are so weird. Oh, David, what if I just like took a nap for like an hour and woke up? Do you think anyone would listen to it and know that I was asleep for an hour? I don't know. Probably not. You've um, been talking more than me probably though. Yeah. They might just think like, wow, Griffin's really giving this a close study. Close read. I love the the whirling. There's sort of like the spinning motor in C-3PO's head that you can see. I like 3PO. I like this shot where you're in his eye. Yeah, that's a weird... It's a kind of a good shot. It also like makes it clear that like in most movies where we see from a robot's POV, like Robocop or the Terminator, yeah. it's like green and You've distorted. Got, right, there are text the, uh, graphics the, the all over display. it. Apparently, C-3PO's robot eyes work exactly the same as her own eyes. Which is funny because they look like light bulbs. They I know. They look like they should work exactly. They look like light bulbs with dots painted on them. Yep. But instead, it's like, oh, he's got perfect 2020 vision, Amen. no color distortion. But also, yeah. human vision. Color distortion. Human vision, not that great. Not like, that great. The Terminator and Robocop, they can, like, zoom in and x-ray yeah. people. Like, yeah. C-3PO, eh. 
Have you seen uh, While We're Young? Yeah. That one bit in the movie where Ben Stiller goes, like, zoom in on that. Yeah. And, then That's, he goes, and he's like, like, I can't zoom on this yeah. thing. It's a really funny moment. <laughs> I like that moment. Like I really movie. like that movie, which is a movie I think a lot of people were underwhelmed yeah, by. Yeah, I liked it too. And I like that where, like, in the last act of the movie, there's this plot suddenly yeah. where it's like Ben Stiller is going to solve this he, like mystery. He he's going to have a moment of triumph, and like, yeah. so that works where he's like, "Zoom in on that!" Yeah, and like the stakes are nothing for everyone else, yeah. but they're so high for, for him. him. Yeah, I really like. Uh, I like that. I ta- you know, I interviewed Noah Baumbach about it, and oh, yeah? I was trying to get at that with him, like saying, "Like, are you trying to undermine?" But he, I think Noah Baumbach was just like, "I just liked having a plot." Like that. That seemed to be his yeah. main. Yeah, uh, it is kind of characteristic for him to have oh, that yeah, he doesn't that plotty thing you, yeah. usually his movies end very plotlessly yeah you know even if they begin with a little bit of plot by the end it's everyone just kind of settling in or whatever I love greenberg it. at least has her in the hospital is she pregnant in greenberg no i, d- I just want to point out quickly that this goodbye no tears i know no, george yeah, said he the, shot the, a the more emotional version. he talks about yeah. no tears no yeah tears. Karen, right, blah, 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 blah. Mall. uh i forget why she's in the hospital i don't think she's pregnant now, right but there's that great scene where he says when she's in the hospital going into like an operating room he's like you're important you man and she's like i know yeah. i love that scene greenberg is good too greenberg's great movie yeah um ben Mix only made one bad movie and it's no it's margo at the wedding that's the one i haven't seen actually. it's not good i've even seen highball i haven't actually seen highball yeah that's um, the one he kind of discredited he took his right? name off it yes yeah. this scene that bike is cool too. God, this the, lightsaber fight is terrific. God, you know the, the film really gets exciting every time Darth Maul's on screen. Yeah, he's just got a presence. There's, there's because the move, the, it's moving. The camera's moving. Things are moving. It's moving, but there's also just something about him. You're talking about how, like, in the whole undersea sequence, there doesn't ever feel like there's any tension. Right. There's no threat. This guy, you're like, what's this guy? There's a threat. Do? Something's oh, yeah. gonna go wrong every time. Even just when his hologram appears behind Sidious's hologram, oh. you're like, something's gonna go wrong here. And even though Qui- uh, Obi-Wan is saying, like, take off, you know, like, there's yeah. some, you know, we can handle this, they're surprised. And he has to retreat. Yeah. And then there's that great shot of Maul uh, even like that, deactivating ooh. his lightsaber. Yeah. Uh, From behind. Very ominous. And so really at this cool. point, he's still only used one side of the lightsaber. Right. We Which just is, think he's got a really long really, lightsaber I handle. I think about it all the time that the trailer ruined that. Because yeah. I really, really wish yeah. that could have been. And it wasn't even the trailer. It's uh, the van Vanity Fair 1998 yes. cover, like, or what it, the photo shoot that Andy yes. Woods did. You can see his double bladed lightsaber in one, and it's like cool. Yeah. But I just wish they could have kept that. A similar moment in a bad movie that I wish hadn't been ruined is because it's, it's, I'd argue, the best moment of the film. And if it had been a total surprise, it would have been so exciting. In Iron Man 2, the suitcase armor on the oh, racetrack. That's a great. Uh, that's a, that's great. Yeah, and instead, that is the trailer of Iron Man too. That is it's the whole trailer. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Iron is uh, fucking uh, what's it, what's his name? Uh, Happy Hogan throwing him the suitcase. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. Him, yeah, you know what's better though? What in Avengers when he when Loki throws him out the window and then he yeah. jumps? That's so cool. Yeah, that moment's so cool. Because you don't know the, he's developed he's that technology yet. Yeah, and, yeah, and then them. you know what else is cool? What? I, which I love in Iron Man three when he puts the armor on her and you oh, don't know who's going to do that. I love that too. That's 
seen oh, that movie's a tremendous do, movie. Do you know what my favorite moment in Iron Man three is? Go ahead. After he's done the the barrel of monkeys uh, rescue from Air Which Force One, right, and then he gets the the thing gets hit by a truck. Yeah, yeah and yeah, then yeah, you yeah. realize he wasn't in the suit yeah, the whole yeah, yeah. time. You've been watching this whole action sequence, yeah. and he's just on a boat. He's just on he's a, boat, a remote just control. Like this. He's dancing yeah. around. Um, I agree. That's a great. I, but that's not my favorite sequence, just because there's so many good tactile Jar Jar feet. You see how good they look. Even like his leather pants oh, yeah. look real. They look really good, right? I mean, they're such strange feet. But oh God, and now it's so, back to yeah, dumb CGI. So but the light catches so it in the is right the way. Scene yeah. Where Padme is down in the in the ship, uh, whatever the storage, whatever the lower decks. Okay, so how far Anakin into this movie she's are we? Giving him a blanket. She's saying space is cold. Um. The queen is worried. She's talking about herself. We're an hour and 19 minutes in. Okay. So many films are just 90 minutes long. Right. This might, this could be, and you know what? This movie could end here. But wait I, a second. This is a real thing. This yeah. movie could end here. Yeah. Pod race is your climax. Yeah. Then your battle with Darth Maul to be continued. Right. I mean, not that I'm saying that wouldn't be a good movie. That's it's so bad. serialized. I mean, yeah, let's, I let's just cover an hour and 20 minutes. What's happened in the film. Okay. Trade is blocked to Naboo. Yep. Because negotiators get kicked out, trade invasion of Naboo. Right, uh, right. The the Jedi Knights. So then they're freaked the out. Royal family leaves. Right. The, they go down go to, Tatooine, to Naboo. They're like, slave. right. That's that's what they've accomplished so far. They acquired right. one slave. Negotiations fell apart. They go down to Naboo to warn the queen. She comes with them. They get on a they ship. Escape. They buy a slave. <laughs> they via buy a slave. race. They have a race. That's all that happens in yeah, this. They movie. have an now, hour right, now, and nineteen minutes. So an hour and twenty minutes in, we are arriving on Coruscant, which I know we make fun of it a lot. I do like the design of the yeah, planet where it's all dumb. lit up. It's kind of cool. Tomorrowland looks cooler. Um, yes, but. Active Tomorrowland, the active Tomorrowland, the Tomorrowland they land in, you know, the busted Tomorrowland. It's very depressing. It's It's not great. I mean, there's a French theme park. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm saying those words. There's a French theme park near Tours called Futuroscope. Oh wow, which is like a Tomorrowlandy kind of. It's kind of like Epcot as well, I guess. You know, which is and I went there with my French class when I was in the tenth grade. Sure, went to school in London. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So it was a a quick hop skip tour, and we went jump away. One thing we did was we went to Futuroscope. Yeah. And it was February. It was really cold. Future school yeah. was really empty. And it looked like Tomorrowland. Yeah. You know, for present to so that's where where it's you, just you busted and kind of desolate. But yeah. there's all these like crazy uh, buildings that are like spheres and yeah. disco that look like disco balls. And, yeah. Uh. All right. So here we have Terry Stamp and the Ian great McDermott. You can as see Chancellor Valorum and Senator Palpatine. Terry Stamp is seething that he's doing these scenes against he a green hates screen. This shit. He is so bored. So here he is with Kira Knightley. Right. And is is Portman behind him? Even? Uh, Portman is behind. That him, does look but like who knows her that, over I mean, that could be that could be a composite, you know. And then he he stands and lets them leave, and then he talks to the Jedi. Which I mean, he's technically kind of their boss, right? He sent them yeah. to the Trade Federation. Yeah. But uh, Stamp's not even talking. All of this looks terrible because terrible. everything's just been like cut together. Terrible. And the the way they try to like approximate the lighting is they just make everything look really blown out. Like yeah. there's just like a halo around each of them because of course not a lot of natural light, a lot of light. Um, okay, Queen's being gross. Which nice. is kind of weird. Yeah, Coruscant is never going to be explained. No. They're in a little flying thing. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah. Carson's really boring. 
like the skyscrapers have no color to them. Yeah, skies are gray. And then here we are in a men conversing faint. That's a pretty cool. Uh, yeah, that's a cool little. There's no civility, only politics. That's what Palpatine's saying. So Palpatine's kind of convincing Amidala that things are just busted in Coruscant. That the Senate doesn't work. Yeah. That everything's ground to a halt. There's no interest in the common good. Do we settle? He sounds on, like a populist. You know? Yeah, and this is back. We're back in the 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 uh, Nelly Portman groove right here. This yes, is our this first is time. Portman as Amidala. Yeah, for the first time since like minute fifteen. That's maybe. true. That's true. Like in over an hour. Um, did we settle on E. McDermott giving the best performance in the movie? Yeah, no, we totally did. We talked about how he's almost Oscar worthy, which is insane because he's not. He's but, not at all. But he is like pretty good. But there's like a real he's undercurrent doing a of lot. life. He's doing. He's a lot. doing a lot with yeah. very little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, He's having fun, too. And he just enunciates beautifully. I think at one point he says, like, baseless accusations of corruption. And that's it's just like... That great British McDermott, stage actor you know, thing. used to yeah. be the theatrical... The artistic director of, of the Almeida Theater, and I've seen him do, like, The Jew of Malta and like, yeah. all these great... He won a Tony, too, about 10 years ago for Awake and Sing. He is a tremendous actor. Yeah. Um, he should do more pictures. A real discovery by George Lucas. Yeah, he's a real good film actor, too, though. Because he's mostly a stage actor, but he should do more this, talking. Th- I mean, this, just again, to be clear, this this film has three of the greatest Shakespearean actors in 20th century Britain Ian McDermott, Terrence Stamp, and Oliver Ford Davis. These are all like titans of the. Is Oliver Ford Davis Howard Bibble? Yeah. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he, who gave like one of the most acclaimed King Lear performances like of yeah. my lifetime, at least. Can we talk about this guy? There's a Jedi we, right, we've so never talked about Council. before. We're at the Jedi Council. There's Kiati Mundi. It's the one who Yoda. sort of looks like Ravi Shankar, who's got the long beard, and it looks like he's sitting like cross-legged, but it's actually just his legs are like wanna, uh, like a noodle. Are we, are we going to see him? We saw him before. Maybe that's why you never talked about him, because he's only visible in one shot. Because we're, we're next to Windu is Plute Clue, He's right? Uh, right over there. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Long oh, beard. God, you never hear body is like a snake right there's yaddle yeah. and yeah the one below and there's uh yariel poof. poof and that's I- adi gala around oh yeah. yeah we don't we don't hear much about her either but i have yeah. her in the trading card app some of my best friends yes. i'm not trying to brag but i do hang out with them a lot Look at the animator and Yariel Poof showing off, just having the sway, head know, sway back and which forth. Which I like. You know, I like some. Oh, and there these these two guys look at each other. Masalmita, maybe. And then I don't know the other. Yeah. I believe it's this boy. And do, the Jedi scenes are interesting because yeah, this guy with the beard is interesting. Yeah. Well, just because the only Jedi we know is Qui-Gon mm-hmm. and he's this kind of daring do yeah. rascal not rascal that's not but like you know he's a renegade yes he's cutting through slicing through droids and intimidating people and making bets correct and then he runs into this brick wall yeah and as much as the the arrival in Coruscant yeah look Mace Windu bring us before him then yeah it is so weird that Samuel L. Jackson's cast in this why isn't Samuel L. Jackson playing Panaka and Corshi playing Mace oh. Windu God, Jackson would be so good. Are you kidding me? I mean, there's no doubt that Jackson can phone in a role. Like, I love him, but sometimes he's pretty flat. Yeah. Um, because he just makes so many movies, and I think he just needs he needs like something to sink his teeth. I also think he's just one. kind of like there's something very like be better. blue collar about his approach to acting. When you yeah. listen to interviews with him, where he's like, "My job is to show up, know my yeah. lines, hit my marks." You know, it's the same with uh, uh not to draw a comparison yeah. between these two guys, but Morgan Freeman. I was just reading about yeah. 
people ask him about uh, Shawshank all the time. Yeah. And he's like, you know, they were like, what did you think of it? You know, that movie? And he's just like, I don't know. Like, it was fine. I yeah. paid. Right. You know, he just, just, like, it's, it's, it's work, you know? They're just I, doing I work. think those two guys are as good as the material you give them. They and, both have And they're such... both guys who will be in anything. They'll be in like, anything. Like, they'll pop up in a movie and you're like, holy, this guy is an Oscar winner. Yeah. You just need to be in, like, in this weird, yeah. They're both real pros. Yeah. And they have incredible yeah. gravitas. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you give them material, they'll give you more than anyone else would get out of it. Right. They'll they'll put more spin on it than anyone else. I like the look of the Galactic Senate. I do too. Because there's a lot of shorthand he needs to do telling you that this is a a stalled bureaucracy and just the scope of it. Yeah. Where you're like, how can any one voice be heard? Right. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And I like the little cameras moving around. Me too. And, like, and I like the idea yeah, that this is outrageous. They like fly there. Yeah. And he's like, excuse me, fly back to your seat. Okay, here's something we haven't talked about. Who's controlling these ships? So th- you see a little there's, like... There's a guy you in see the a back. Panel, but yeah, the, guy, yeah, yeah. The, the guy in the back is steering. Is that look? No, because that guy's not steering. Look, who's? No one's got the steering wheel. Look at this pod right here. That's a good point. When Amadala's pod, maybe someone is just in an office somewhere steering it around. I'm saying, okay, here's like the control center, right? Yeah, no, I, I get you. Like they're stuck here in a in a fixed position at like a tower at the top of it, and then underneath it, you see like a bunch of panels. Are there just like a bunch of technicians who, once they hear someone talk, have to like, oh fuck, I got to adjust it so they fly forward? Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Well, especially because there's a lot of quick reacting you need to do. Imagine if you're all the way at the bottom and you're like, excuse me. God, if I could get a little... <laughs> it's just... If I could fly up for a second. Yeah, yeah, By yeah. the time you get up to their level, they've already... They've already... About, why does Queen Odal look like she's about to cry the entirety of this Yeah, scene? it's a weird, weird expression. And it's partly because of the way her lip is painted. Yeah, because it, it looks like it look she's look got like pouty lip. lip. Is trembling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sovereignty now. Is she committee? Committee. 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 Yep. I love that line reading. Yeah. This body is not capable of action. I suggest new leadership is needed. Now, why does it take her yeah. to do this? A 13 No one has thought to do this because this is all it takes to bring down Valorum. Naboo doesn't seem like an especially no. big or powerful planet. But it, like, it's lavish. About, I, yeah. I, I've said this before. I love this reaction from Stamp. Yeah. It's great. There's got, the Gragras. And then the we got swoops, the ETs swoops. there in the bottom. Yeah, which I hate. Yeah. Now they're elected. Look at, oh God, E. McDermott. Look at how, like, see, this is where, you know, formal training as an actor comes in. Like, he is able to convey so much through body language. No? Yes. And, and the tenor of his voice, you can tell the ulterior motives without him overplaying his hand. Um, so good. Uh, I'm just going to get this. My boss is bothering okay, so look at this, this is a good shot. This is kind of a good shot. Look yeah, at the, the big, sunset and Coruscant. So- this is something we didn't talk about. The sun in Coruscant is colossal. Humongous. It, it, it fills the screen as opposed to our sun, which is like a little disc. And look at how nice the All Jedi right, Council cup, looks at, at a dust. A ship. Yeah. A speeder. It's weird. Uh, and they're like, jeez, mm, pretty good. I'm going to be specific. Yeah. Yoda's stroking the old chin. How Half feel chin. you? I mean, this... Cold, sir. This scene is so creepy. Uh, literally, if I can turn down the AC. And by the way, um, the reason Anakin might be cold is he's from a hot planet. Yeah, you know, 
This is an air-conditioned planet. These are a hot planet. And look, everyone else is wearing multiple layers. They're all wearing heavy robes. He just got on his little potato sack dress. This is... I really like the Anakin gives them attitude for saying, like, you're thinking about your mother, huh? Like, of course he's thinking about his mother. I'm a little boy. You're taken from my mother. By a strange man, I don't lect- know. They lecture him on thinking about his mother. These guys are such dicks. I sense much fear in you. Back the fuck off, Yoda. He, and he has this like really satisfied look when he says, I sense much fear in you, as if he's cracked some code. Yeah. He's obviously going to be afraid. Like, is this really such a shocking idea? Used to thinking use of people gonna die. Yeah. Suddenly Jar Jar cares about other people's emotions. Get the fuck out of here. Okay, I want to figure out the, who the Jedi is with the, with the Ravi Shankar beard. I want to figure this one out. Because I think he looks interesting. Member, known members. Um. Oh shit! So Palpatine's been nominated. Oh, his name's Opo Rancisis. That's a crazy name. He's an adept strategist and tactician. He advocated the throne of his homeworld in, in favor of becoming a Jedi Master. He was king of his home world? Yeah. Did he have to give that up? He apprenticed to Yaddle. Uh, probably, I would argue, the best one to apprentice to. Yaddle is definitely the best Jedi. His sister was killed by terrorists and he was offered the throne. He declined instead, preferring to continue the path of the Jedi. So his sister, I guess, was the queen. Right. He's a military advisor. That's interesting. So he's a Jedi, but he comes from a very different kind of background. Like he's dealt with real tragedy close. And uh, near the close of the war, it's personality and traits. I like this guy. He might be my new favorite character. He's got a long beard. He's got a top bun. He's got a long serpent body. Yeah, he kind of looks like... He's actually kind of a cool design yeah. in, in the concept art. Yeah. Doesn't the the, the uh, puppet doesn't look great? It's not great. Well, clearly, I mean, he's in the background I mean, of the shot. They yeah, didn't spend yeah, that much again, time this on is him. Like the, the the puppet apprentice made that one. Yeah, even just these storyboards are great. Opera and Sisis. Um, the character was based on storyboard artist Benton Jew. The storyboard artist of the film's name is Benton Jew, who based upon a picture of an old bearded man from a Chinese calendar in the home of Jew's grandparents. This is so funny, because it keeps on just saying, Jew made several modifications to the picture. Calling him Jew. Jeez. Oh, apparently he comes back in Attack of the Clones. Well, I'm excited to see him. Me too. I hope he has a big part. Man, I'm so excited to watch Attack of the Clones. Oh, poor Ancestors. Me oh, too. God. Okay, Yoda is is throwing some shade on Anakin. He's saying to Obi Wan, "I I I see a murky future. Don't fucking train him." Yeah. He's like, "What am I supposed to do? Go return this kid?" You know what the biggest problem with this whole thing is? Yeah. We were just talking about it's been an hour and twenty minutes. We basically had two satisfying action sequences, maybe three. Yeah. And uh, but I really would say two because I would say the action sequences that open the movie are really boring. Like I was talking about. Yeah, no two stakes. of them are kind of aborted. I mean, then, the the like the fight with Qui Gon and Darth Maul is kind of half a fight. Yeah. And then the attack on the droids and Naboo is also like half a fight. Right. I think the the Qui Gon Darth Maul fight is okay. It's yeah, a good it's prelude. Yeah, it's a prelude. Two. Yeah. So really, we've only had one, which is yeah. the pod race. Right. Anyway, and then we get to Coruscant. And we're 
we're like, great, finally this is going to gain steam, and everything slows to a it's halt. More meetings. It's just meetings upon meetings. We cut between two separate sequences of yeah. bureaucracy. We, you know, the Senate on one hand, and the Jedi on the other. This is the clue we need to unravel the mystery of the Sith. One guy they have on yeah. this. He's like, I may have discovered the ancient evil that like is our true opponent, and they're like, all right, well, look into that. I don't know. I'm sure I complained about this before too, yeah, but like, like, and also this kid might be the prophecy kid. Like, are they not like their their antennas should be raised? Oh yeah, they should they should be like we should really do our due diligence and look into this. Rather I mean, than like, I'm I sure know, we'll that George Lucas wants us to think that the Jedi are just busted, fucked up. Yeah. I'm sure we talked about this before, but George Lucas in his you know when defending this film, yeah. Said is like, well, it's not meant for adults. It's meant for kids. Yeah. What fucking kid wants to watch this? Like, I know kids like it because it's got space battles and shit and, like, cool designs. Yeah. But, like, if you're explicitly writing a movie for kids, if that's your argument, this movie's just meant for kids, adults shouldn't be taken so seriously, why would you make it all about fucking bureaucracy? Yeah, why is there a Senate? And why is there a trade federation? Why? What? No. Now, now, but then again, when you were a kid, you loved this movie. It was my favorite. So, you know. I don't know. Kids are dumb. Man, I, I don't know. I think I was just... Uh, so... Just wanted to point out, yeah. Anakin's already calling Qui Gon Master. Yeah, gross. He calls him like Master and Sir. This Massa. Is the mini, this is the Massa Qui Gon. All right. I can't. <laughs> I can't do that bit. No. <laughs> I've already been too racially insensitive throughout ten episodes of this podcast. This is a scene that I I know drives people crazy. Where it's where he's talking about the midi chlorians, and it's just it's just a bummer. The Force is such a, a simple bummer. concept. It's nice when it's magical. At the beginning of the film, you just go, oh, these people got magical powers. And now right. it's like, well... It's and, like, what's the force? You know, it's like life energy. You know, yeah. it's, it's just we can grasp it. And, um, uh, uh, and now he's like, well, there are these biological entities live inside our bodies. And it's just... 30% of this quote-unquote commentary is just me yawning on my, <laughs> which I think is the best, most accurate commentary I could do. Yes. I like this hairstyle where she's just got these, like, drooping, like, hair testicles on either side of her head. I'm know? not actually... Yeah, this is not my favorite Amidala costume. No. What's your favorite Amidala costume? I'd say the the first one in the first Naboo meeting where she's got the sort of, The like, light bulb dress and the... And yeah, the and she's got, crazy. like, the half donut hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that is pretty good. Um, I'd say second after that is the... the um, Senate, the Senate outfit, yeah, the, the big, the, where she's got these giant like metal yeah. cylinders on her hair. The pouty yeah. makeup, or only the upper yeah. lip is uh, painted. Uh... So now here we have Palpatine. It's Palpatine. Yeah, it's this Darth is, Sidious. This is, is saying the Senate, know. the things will things will stay as they are. You're not fooling anybody, Lucas. He does make this though. Ugh. He does make the two distinct characters. I do feel like. Yeah. I mean, again, credit to Pal uh, to McDermott, the great Ian McDermott. Okay, Rick yeah, Olay he's, he's saying him. some more boring bullshit. This is like almost a nice idea that like Rick Olay is like sort of showing Anakin the ropes, but it's not developed in any way. Because Anakin's interested in like uh, being a pilot. So now they're 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 chastising Amidala for returning to the planet. And he and Qui Gon is saying Qui Gon and Panaka are saying we, we have can't no army. Fight this war. Panaka's, this so is, is it the Amidala? Right from the from a, and this is Natalie Portman right now. This is now we're back in the Portman. She's group. saying to Gun, to Jar Jar, we need the Gungans. Yeah. It's it's just a little half-assed. That's all half-assed. It's a droid control ship. 
So that's the big idea is that the donut ship, which we thought was just meant to be headquarters for trades, is like the, they the, control the signal droids. tower yeah. for all the droids. Yeah. It's like a network. Um, yeah. It's really, again, it's sort of, we, we, we talked about it a lot, but... Obi-Wan is in the first few minutes, you know, he's in the thick of things, yeah. and then he just takes a nap for a, a real backseat. You know, he's just, oh, and he's apologizing to Qui-Gon for God knows what. There's a PlayStation 2 game called, like, Star Wars Obi-Wan's Journey, and it's all the Phantom S from Obi-Wan's perspective, and I assume... So there's a lot of sitting I think there's, like, desk. six, like, levels that are just him making, like, cappuccino. <laughs> Maybe he makes a good... You know how Ewan McGregor played the character of Grimes in Black Hawk Down? Who's sure. obsessed with coffee? Yeah. I like that performance. Yeah, and, he, and he's always saying, it's all in the grind, fellas. Can't grind. be too fine, can't be too coarse. I think I think Ewan McGregor is great in Black Hawk he's Down. He's really good in that movie. I forgot how good he was in that Huge movie. fan of Black Hawk Down. I think that's a wonderful movie. See, I only saw it once. I wasn't crazy about it. I also don't love war films. I love war films, and I yeah. love Black Hawk Down. All right, now, so we're back to Kira Knightley. I got Sasha Irritate. And Padme right next to her. But she's out of makeup. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. No, Padme is out of makeup. Yeah, that's what's interesting. Like now, now she's got. They have these like very like sort of um, tactical like like jumpsuits. Like they're they're dressed to to run now. You know. Yeah. Um. They have a lot of costumes in that ship. We're like I hate this scene. These ruins. This half-assed like Buddhist temple place where the Gungans hang out. I have these ruins. It's so like, half-assed. Have, After like, the very the nice design of the Gungan city. Yeah. It's the same ruin. It's just like the top half of a human face. And then Kira Knightley in not a great outfit. No. A big tree. Vosness. Who does and others. I hate this scene. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. You just keep it. So I just took a sip of my orange juice. It tastes pretty good. I got Tropicana, no pulp, calcium plus vitamin D because I have weak bones. I guess vitamin D is mostly found in um, uh, seafood, which I don't eat. I just think seafood's gross. Uh, it's not for moral reasons. It's just for aesthetic reasons, taste reasons. I think it looks gross. It smells gross. It tastes gross. And then uh, eggs also. I have vitamin D. Eggs are probably my least favorite food in the world. Eggs might be my least favorite thing in the world. Like, I want to vomit anytime I see an egg. And it doesn't matter how it's prepared, if it's hard-boiled, if it's scrambled. Uh, I just think it, it's always, it's a gross food. And once again, it's not the embryo thing. A lot of people think, oh, is it because you don't like eating an embryo? I don't care. I would eat an embryo if it tasted great. If someone told me that pizza was an embryo, oh, this whole time you've been eating embryos, I would still eat pizza. It's a great food. Eggs are just disgusting. They're just disgusting garbage food. I'm fine with things that have eggs in them, like mixing them. Like, I won't eat an omelet because that's too egg dominant, but something like a cake, where eggs are obviously, like, part of mixing it together. Whenever I, like, make a cake, when I, like, bake with my mom growing up, and it got to the part where you had to crack the egg, the cracking the egg was fun, but then once the egg drooped out, it was, like, disgusting. Um, so, yeah, I don't eat eggs. I don't eat seafood. That's vitamin D. Um, and I guess you also get vitamin D from the sun, and I'm a vampire and i don't like going outside uh, so that's griffin's uh, orange juice spotlight that's the new segment uh just for this one-off uh, bonus episode that is the commentary that none of you will listen to and now boss nass is shaking his face and 
spits coming out. Everyone's smiling. Everyone's charmed because they've decided to team up, be an army together. This movie fucking sucks. It's garbage. It's a piece of garbage bullshit in a doo doo pile. And now fucking New Gungray is talking to Darth Sidious. God, I started this whole podcast so optimistic about everything, and I feel like it's just been beaten down. Lord Maul, be mindful. Let them go make the first movie. Darth Maul is great. Every time Darth Maul's on screen, I get like half a chub. I just I find it so like like cinematically arousing. Um, Ray Park is a great physical actor. I know he came from like a martial arts background, but he really does. Uh, he knows how to carry himself well, and even just his control of his eyes, his stare. A lot of it is the contact lenses, but his stare is, is very affecting. David's now back from the bathroom. David, that was a number one, I'm guessing, because it was pretty quick. That's correct. Cool. Um, so now Boss Nass has got his arm around Jardar. So, like, but by the way, nothing's happened. Nothing's happened. Right? I, like, has there been anything? I mean, I guess Amidala reveals herself and we sub you Everyone smiles and they spit. I, I said most of the time you were going to talk about orange juice. I did an orange juice spotlight segment. I just... I just can't stand the primitive stuff with the Gungans. I can't you know, where they're so like, gross. oh, we still friends now, spitting everywhere, and Amidala right. just kind of smiles like, oh, these goofy fools. And it's not just broken English. It's like, oh, they're dumb. They're it's like, dumb. They don't once again, doing. Naboo would not be yeah. rescued without them. Yeah. They, they, they contribute very... I, well, but then again, the, the starfighters are the ones who kill all the droids, sort of. I don't know. I don't know. I really... I really hate the final battle set piece of this movie. Mm. I love the lightsaber fight. That's mm. beautifully executed. Sure. But I hate the Gungans and I hate the Naboo Starfighter stuff because once again, it kind of feels like it's without stakes, stalling for time. Agreed. We're just kind of like, you know, we, we know they're going to win. There's so much that could be happening in this movie that isn't. I feel like there's so many interesting stories happening off to the side. Not just like our favorite characters like Gra-Gra and, and Yaddle, who we know now have interesting plot lines. But it just feels like they just keep on focusing on the wrong thing on a scene-to-scene basis. Right. <sighs> so they have to get the Viceroy or else he'll return with another clone or, I mean, uh... <laughs> Droid Army. Can I talk about something completely unrelated for a second? Yeah, go ahead. So I currently have disgusting facial hair. No, it's not disgusting, but you have like very specific facial hair. We have sideburns and a mustache. Right. I got an acting part in a TV show. It takes place in the 70s, and I had to grow this out for that. Yesterday was my last day of filming on episode two. And then they were like, you're not in episode three. Okay. Okay. And so each episode takes like three weeks. Okay. And it was like, you're probably in episode four. Okay. But it's a while off. Right. And so I wrapped yesterday and then like took a long, hard look in the mirror. And I was like, well, this is just my face for a month now. Like I can't shave this off because it takes me too long to grow it back. So you just need to kind of trim it and keep it at the same kind of length. I'm like stuck being a mustache guy. And I'm like supposed to meet up with this girl I kind of like tonight. And I just like, Ooh. Yeah, well, I mean, we already discussed how uh, yeah, how great you are with uh, that. Sexually maladjusted, I am. This is gonna be a disaster. No, you'll be fine. Uh, I don't know how to relate to people, but um, I just I just got an email telling me that they added me to episode three. Oh, and that's immediately great. I feel so much less terrible about the entire state of my life. Like that's I was great. thinking about just having a mustache for a month for no reason, and now that's I'm so great. That's great yeah. news that they added you to episode three. I don't know if I'm doing anything, but, but you're at in least it. yeah. And uh, right, make it on my make it on my. I just I'm just happy that I have. Fish layers for a purpose. Look, I just want to point out we are an hour and 48 minutes into this. Yeah. 
it, it would be hilarious if you just disclosed like how much HBO pays you per episode. If you just if you just laid it out all on the table because no one will ever hear it. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I'm. Is any what are the rules about that? Are you allowed to talk about that? Yeah, I don't see why not. You know right? How, you know how like you hear um, X got paid twenty million yeah. bucks for this movie, but right. th- obviously the studios never say that. It all just kind of leaks out, right? Like all yes. this stuff's very private. Yeah, and and is not accessible. It's not public information. You can't get it through like a freedom of information yeah, request. Yeah, I think it's just maybe because it's a little gauche, you know? Yeah, of course. But, no one wants to talk about money. Of yeah. Course. So yeah, right. I'm on. I'm on TV show that's going to be on HBO. Yeah, it's HBO. In, it's in premium, January, premium cable. It's not TV. It's HBO. I'm on a Correct. series. I'm on a series for HBO. Yeah. And um, uh, the interesting thing is, I get I get paid on a weekly salary, right? Oh, so you're not paid per episode? No. But it also means that, like, um, this week I only worked yesterday, and I will be paid as if I worked the whole week. If you only have one day in a week, you get the weekly salary. Um, I think for bigger actors, uh, you get uh, a per-episode salary for regulars. So a regular means... This is now just going to be our commentary. Yeah, yeah, this is great. A regular means that you are like contractually... Right. You're locked in. Locked in. Yeah. Uh, the main thing is... Are they locked in for seasons, like multiple seasons? Um, I, it depends. I know on a network show, you get locked in for like seven years or something. Yeah, it depends It depends on, on the show right. and the scheduling and who you are. You know, if you have a lot of clout, you can kind of go on a season by season thing but for some shows if they're like setting it up and you're the lead character they want to lock you in for a couple seasons at a time so they know you don't have the power to just like shut the show down if after season one you're like I'm out right um, by the way, the Starfighters are spinning out of control. Are, yeah, they're, they're flying off ship. to take down the um, yeah yeah the droid ships. And there's this dumb thing where Anakin is told to hide in a Starfighter, and then oh well, no, the cockpit closes and he fucking closet. Put him in anywhere. Keep him. I don't know. They must have like a, a daycare center on the Trade Federation ship, right? Yeah. Um, what was I saying? Regular means you're in every episode. And if you're not in every episode, they have to pay you as if you are in an episode. They essentially contractually tie you to being like, you're not doing anything else. This is your main job. We right. want to have you at our beck and call. Yeah. And I think those people get paid per episode. And then someone right. like me, I'm technically a recurring. Okay. But that means I have no contractual obligation or anything. All that means is they keep using my character and plan to keep using it. Right. But, it, but if you say you got hired by another show, like full time, like as a regular, then they'd be in a bind because they don't have that like right they'd be kind of fucked and like the email that i just got telling me i'm in the next episode is hey just want to let you know these are the dates we want to put you on hold right so they have to ask on a month by month basis like can you not can you do anything else leave these aside for this month yeah yeah, yeah. and then i have to go through the difficult process of canceling all the no plans i have (laughs) like oh god let me get back to you oh boy Uh, i was planning to sleep 18 hours a day but i think i can open that up yeah Um, um, but, uh, what I was going to say is there's a point I was getting to here. Uh, well, you're talking about how you're recurring, you're paid weekly. Uh, yes. Oh, this is, this is what I was going to say. So the show takes place. Um, uh, it's about the music industry. Yes. Uh, it's, it's the new Terrence Winter show about it's rock and roll in the seventies. It's right? called rock and roll. That's now cool. It's the official title That's great. is rock and roll. And it'll yeah. be on HBO in January. Right. Um, it's centered mostly around this one record label. And I play an A&R guy who works at the record label. Yeah. 
Now, I have so far had very little to do. Okay. I'm just sort of a guy in the office. Yeah. And it's one of those things, maybe, you know, as it goes on, my character gets developed more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's I mean, like, you need more staff members. Right. You watch the first episode of The Sopranos or something, and there's a lot of characters who kind of in the background who eventually... The lower levels of the mob yeah, family. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, Mad yeah. Men, a lot of those background guys very sort of Mad became Man's more... Whatever. Right. But, um... So, I, I have some dialogue, not a tremendous amount. Yeah. But... More often, I'm, like, just being paid a stupid amount of money to be, like, an extra. Just Yeah, just to kind of stand in the background. Like, sometimes they call me in, and they're just like, well, we just want, like, clear coworkers who we can, like, ground as, like, oh, you know that guy works yeah, in the right, office. Of and 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 it's vital. I mean, you're, they're absolutely right. And, like, it no spoilers. the TV show. No spoilers. There's a lot of crazy things going on in this office. Whoa. Something crazy is going on, and they can cut to me in my dumb mustachioed face looking shocked. Yep. But sometimes that's, like... Are you holding papers and stuff sometimes? Like, do you have props to work with? Yeah, you know, yesterday we had, like, a big boardroom scene. It was, like, a conference room scene. And I went to the props guy. Oh, here's the reveal of the second blade. Oh, it looks awesome. It's so good. All right. I forgot we're watching we Phantom Mass. The Duel of the Fates kicks in. This scene. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so good. Yeah. The, the choreography it's of great. the lightsaber battle is flawless. Yeah. It's, it's athletic. It's not cartoonish. Yeah. You know, when they jump, it usually feels uh, earned. Yeah. Oh, God. They're doing awesome with force flips. Anakin going, whoops, what button makes the starship go? Why would he? He knows how this shit works. We just saw a fucking one of pod rays. You know, the difference between a ship and a speeder? God damn it. And yeah, he takes out the destroyer destroyer droids with this. I want to say this. Yeah. The Naboo Starfighter design mm-hmm. is gorgeous. Gorgeous. It's exceptional. Gorgeous. I would say, yeah, I know you like the silver one, but I, the yellow ones are beautiful. No, I, I like this more. Um, can I tell a fun story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, I was a, a very, very angsty kid when I was like nine or ten when this movie came out. Okay. I was, I was going okay. through a rough emotional space. Okay. Yeah, kids, you know, whatever happens. Yeah. And I, I just was... I was an emotional mess. And uh, I got in a lot of trouble that year. Okay. Regularly at school and at home, I got in a lot of trouble. And the start of that was uh, Lego Star Wars had set up a website because they were going to do their first Lego line yeah, for, I remember for the was... Phantom Mess. It was their first licensed property. Lego right. had always been original yeah. in-house property. And so the, the website, the teaser image was just that, the yellow Naboo Starfighter. Mm. And it was, you could do a puzzle, and if you beat the puzzle, you'd get that as a teaser image. And then say, do you want to send this image to a friend as like an e-card? Right. And so I said, yeah, I'll send it to a friend. And I typed in the email address of my best friend at school at the time. And, it, and then it had the field for message and from. Yeah. And in the message, I just wrote, fuck you. And in from, I wrote another kid. Email. Wow. And so I sent a fake email to my an best friend. email, a fake abusive email. That just said, fuck you, and it had an image of the Starfighter made out of Legos. And at the time, I justified it as, I thought that was a funny joke. I thought the disparity between yeah, you know, the I Lego imagery and the word fuck you was right. funny. Right. But I didn't explain it to anyone and then blame someone else for it. So I went to school the next day, and the kid was like, I got the weirdest email from John yesterday. <laughs> And I was like, really? And Sean was like, I didn't do that. And everyone was like, oh, that's kind of weird. And I just like brushed it over. Yeah. And then I was sick the next day. Yeah. I actually was sick and I didn't go to school. And I came back the next day. I was about to go to school. My parents called me in. 
to the bedroom before I went to school. Okay. And Kier, the kid I'd sent the thing to, fuck you message. His dad was a computer programmer. And he was a video. Fi- he'd figured this out. They went, we have something very serious to talk about with you. <laughs> Kier's dad, Kier got an email that had a really bad word in it. And they said, oh, because that was John's defense. I had written the email as John's first initial and his last name uh-huh. at AOL.com. Right. And in reality, his email address was his first name and his last initial. Okay. All right. I guessed what his email was, and it was yeah, wrong. So right, he was right. like, I have an iron-clad yeah, yeah, yeah. alibi. Him. It's not him. It's not me. That's not my email address. It's from a fake email address. Yeah. So... I was like, I have no idea what happened. My parents called me in and they were like, we got a call from Kier's dad. He got this inappropriate email. It said it was from John. It wasn't. His dad used the internet to track down who it was from. And they said it came from you. Yeah. And I was like, absolutely not true. You just denied it. Absolutely denied it. Not true. By and the way, went to school, and it was like a witch hunt. It was like the fucking I never crucible. Noticed this, but these are called ascension guns. That's what she calls. Them. Oh, really? Yeah, that was subtitled. The, the grapple guns. Yeah, ascension guns. Uh, they're not like grapples because because it, it's just like a stick. It's a suction. Yeah, yeah. Um, they are pretty awesome. That's that good, shot is pretty funny. It's a good moment. Yeah, it's sort of Scooby Doo esque. But yeah. I like this where she shoots the window. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, so I went to school, and it was like the crucible, and it was like a witch hunt, and the teachers were taking everyone aside one by one and like interrogating them. Right. About who sent the email. And so I was like, fuck, I got to fess up. And I went home and I told my parents. And my mom cried. This is crazy. This is not a big deal. No. Like, I guess you were a kid. But. My mom cried. It was the first time I'd ever seen her cry that much. And she was like, I just can't believe you lied to my face like that. Uh, yeah, that was tough. My parents grounded me for a month. Yeah, I mean, it's a big moment, I guess, when you realize your kid's kind of, you know, learning to lie that flatly to you. Yeah. They grounded me for a month without TV. And that overlapped with my birthday. Wow. And I wasn't allowed to watch TV on my birthday, and that was... That was probably pretty devastating, I bet. I never sent an anonymous email ever again. So, how much are they paying you at HBO? Do you think it's gross to say, or no, are we this know, deep can, into it? I don't it? care. You can say it, or you can't say I don't care. I, I mean, I'm funny. happy with it. I'm very happy with the amount of money I'm being paid. And just someone who doesn't act, I'll be like, are you fucking kidding me? They're paying you that much to like stand around and smoke cigarettes? And someone who does act is like, oh, that's nothing crazy. It's not a tremendous amount. Right. It's not a tremendous amount, but it's I'm I feel like it's an embarrassment of riches. I live a very cheap life. Yeah. I work paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. I'm not used to having like a recurring part in a TV show. I've only had it once before. Yeah. Uh, political animals. Yeah. And that was a limited season. Yeah, it was only right, six right, episodes. Right, right. So I was in four out of six. I only got four paychecks, I think. Well, weekly, so I don't know. Yeah. But this I'm gonna I'm gonna it, it appears I will I'll be working more regularly and like doing this alone will that'll cover you for the year. Yeah, more than. I mean, I live very cheaply. Yeah. The HBO model where it's like it takes them three weeks to shoot an episode. Yeah. That's so expensive. They're paying you weekly. Do you know how long the pilot was? How long? Uh, eight weeks, nine weeks. It's a Scorsese yeah. directed pilot. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. And again, it's like, you know what? A, an hour long drama on TV usually takes what? Like eight to ten days, maybe? Yeah. Like it's like way less than three weeks. But HBO is just like we're going to do this the right way because like I work two days last week and one week this week. You could fit those three days into one week. But they didn't, so they had to pay me twice as much. Right. Which I'm not complaining about. I'm happy. Yeah. But it also feels like... It feels just like, like well, that's where the money's going. I mean, whatever. You know how you know they were spending a lot of money on this show? 
The food is amazing. Ah, uh, that sounds great. The catering is so good and so many options. It was like stir fry yesterday. It was make your own stir fry. That sounds great. It was a station you point to which things you wanted and then you picked red or white I sauce. I love it's make your own, but it's someone else makes it for you. <laughs> yeah. So, by the way, Jar Jar is taking out He's a whole droid tank. army by falling over. It's awful. He's hanging from the thing. I oh, oh this, how Buster Keaton-esque. How, I hate that this battle scene takes place in a green field of nothing. It brought daylight. It it's just really feels boring. really like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jar Jar lands on the ground and goes, God, it's such a stupid movie. What if Attack of the Clones is great, David? It might be amazing. It might be amazing. I mean, you know, I mean, maybe that's part of the Star Wars mystique that you go into everything thinking like, holy cow, uh, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. You know, like you yes. always, your expectations are never dulled, even if you, you like logically they should be. Right. So this is even worse than Jar Jar. Is yeah. This idea that Anakin somehow flies into the donut ship when no one else can by mistake. And he's trying to stop. There's no explanation for how he pulls this off. And it doesn't make sense because they could just be, hey, you've seen in pod race, Anakin's a great pilot. You know, like that. they could yeah. just play it seriously. He wants to do Play it, it straightforward. They go, Anakin, just stay here. And he's, and like, he's like, fuck, fuck this. Yeah, I can I'm take this into my own hands. And instead, there's this nonsense where he's like, whoops, which button is this? Bang, bang, shooting droids and stuff. It's so annoying. It's also annoying that, like, the two things that help save the day are both done by accident. Like, Jar Jar saves the day by accident, Anakin saves the day by accident. Yeah. And and this the Duel of Fates is awesome, but it's a very small contained fight. It's just three people fighting. Um, God, but this does look so good. Yeah, but then, yeah. Now, uh, the one problem... Right, Qui-Gon's about to get taken out. One problem with this scene, although I think it's fine, is you're not quite sure where the hell they are. They're in this like weird engine room. <laughs> and... Obi-Wan's in like a force field and you don't really know why these things exist. Oh Stabbed right in the stomach. Uh, in the chest. Though. It's good though. And it's for the first time Qui-Gon looks surprised. Yeah. Like literally for the first time in the whole movie. He can't believe that way this guy got him. one over on him. That's the only thing he didn't see coming. Yeah. It's pretty good. And then like it's kind of weird because one it's a little shocking. Yeah. Like maybe you could see it coming because he's the old guy, you know. He's gonna no, bite I, the dust. but I thought it's a he was shocking. definitely gonna live to see the end of this movie. I thought he was our central character, right? And and, and he'd be the lead in a sequel. And then my give up. <laughs> my give up. Oh God! Tarpal um, slaps himself. Tarpal's like this fucking asshole. And uh, this is the great Amidala scene where she decoyed. Decoyed Nemodians and it like I don't know it's like really weird. I just got a Twitter notification telling me that. Uh, How did they get in? By the way, because the no. other team had to like suction cup through a bunch of windows. I, I feel like like at no point in this film do we see anyone with a good security system. Like everything's so easily broken into, escaped from. You know? Yeah. Battle droids really are just like tearing through rice paper. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're like, useless. Yeah, it's it's almost hard to believe that they took over Naboo. Yeah, I mean, even though they don't have an army now, Viceroy. Ooh, it just feels like Sal Bibble threw his hands up and was like, "Fine, I don't like." Sal Bibble's just lazy. Sal Bibble's lazy. God, look at Darth Maul. Look at how much presence he has. So this scene, uh, it's a lot more athletic. The battle between Maul and Obi Wan because. Yeah. You got Hugh McGregor, an actor in his twenties, who's obviously just He's happy young to spry. go full force. Yeah, and it's it's fantastic. 
<laughs> and the cuts between the wide and the, the mid shots. Lightsaber split in half. He's only got half a lightsaber. Every, the, the visual language is perfect. Yeah. It's not confusing at all. The sound effects are great. They cut on action. We didn't talk about this in 10 episodes, how good this scene is. This <laughs> it's not <laughs> funny. Yeah. It, it's oh. awesome. Uh... What's the thing I was going to say? I mean, look, obviously the makeup's doing a lot of work for him, right? The design is great. And yeah. he's a great physical actor, and he's trained in, like, martial arts or whatever. Yeah. But Ray Park does some really underrated eye acting in this movie. He gets a lot of cross, a lot of intensity. I mean, a lot of his intimidation comes from just his, his icy stare. Yes, totally. And that's all on him. Yeah. Take this. Oh, God. I would be less annoyed by Anakin ending up on the ship by accident and taking out the whole thing if he also wasn't able to escape and just fucking die. If he didn't keep saying, oops. Oh, yeah, you think he could just die? That would be kind of funny. I'm saying for him to sneak on by accident, kill everyone by accident, but also accidentally make it out alive while everything else is blowing up behind him feels like kind of a cheat. You know? Oh, totally. There's Celia Emery. Oh, wow. Yep. I didn't realize that's her. And then Rick Ollier. We didn't hit it. They are so incompetent. We didn't yeah. hit it. What's that? that no, it's not. This is not pod racing. Now, this is pod racing is arguably the worst line in the movie. It has nothing to do with pod racing. <laughs> it's a totally different and he's thing. Like, Woo! Uh, this is war. You're killing. I mean, you realize, I know it's mostly bad people on that ship and a lot of battle droids, but he is killing some innocent Nemodians. It's true. It's pretty shocking. Actually. And he's just going, now this is pod racing. And you see them like, well, you know, he's a young boy who doesn't know quite how powerful he is. And now all the droids are there. Droids. That is kind of... Uh Say Avengers Age of Ultron pulls the same kind of thing where, like, once the one character's taken out, then all the other robots are burden it's just fall to the ground. No, it doesn't. What do you mean? That doesn't happen in Age of Ultron. In Age of Ultron, they have to oh. kill all the robots. Oh, it happens in the first Avengers, yes. actually, when they blow up the center, the yes. uh, all the um, the, the Chitari. Chitari all collapse. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, in Age of Ultron, uh, there is this idea that they're whittling down every single Ultron, yeah. All right, and there he goes, takes down Maul. There's an interesting this th- genuinely shocked me. The when blood, there's not like a blood yeah, spatter. Like like, I guess the idea is that the it cauterizes right as it goes that's right. the idea of the lightsaber the mist is interesting yes. it's a good moment yeah uh, I was if I was shocked that Qui-Gon died I was so shocked that Darth Maul died yeah. I really did not think he was gonna die well, it definitely felt like this is our hero this is our villain they're yeah. gonna take us through right. however many movies Georgie makes but no Maul is Maul's no. a real red herring yeah God. But, but, I mean, I've told you my predictions. I think Attack of the Clones is going to be the clone of Darth Maul. Yeah, no, I know. It's going to be clone Darth Mauls. And they'll probably also introduce some new, crazy, fucking physically threatening villains. You know? Uh, what are you imagining? It's like, imagine like Darth Maul times 10. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you mean size wise or do you just mean like in terms of like makeup and, or? Um, like, no, I think probably a really extreme design. I mean, that's what everyone loved from Darth Maul so is how extreme nice he looked, you know? Yeah. So someone with some really cool alien design. I think someone who's really fit, really acrobatic, you know? 
<laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. Maybe like multiple limbs, you know? Maybe he has like some genetic thing that makes him a better fighter, you know? So he's got like multiple arms or like six legs, so he runs and jumps really well or something. I don't know, man. That sounds like that sounds like it could just come off as cartoonish and boring, though. I don't know. This uh, you can kiss your trade federation goodbye. It is fascinating how like civil all of these things are, where they're like, well, it well, looks like you've of, been overthrown. It's sort of the idea of the Nemodians, right? It's like they they without their droids, they're pretty sad. They're pretty pathetic people. This is Ian McDermott's best moment. You young Skywalker, you watch your career with great interest. And he has this little. Jaunty little. He walks. Look how proud he is. God, beaming. It's a good costume. It's a great costume. He's got sort of the Sio Bibble. Congratulations on your election, Chancellor. Your boldness has saved our people. He's so funny. You McDermott. God, you got Kai Adimundi in the background. That was producer Rick McCollum in the background. That's my fact for the fucking day. Um. Yeah, this is a weird scene where they don't uh, they don't really get into this. Yeah. The chosen one the boy may be. Yeah. Nevertheless. I um, fear grave danger, but sure, why don't you, a recently like field promoted <laughs> Jedi, take over? Like, I'm sure you can handle it, teenager. And no joke, zero people are listening at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, I'm happy we did this only because I think it's funny that we did it. Like, I think yeah, it's I funny think it's, that it exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was really yeah. just an excuse for us to hang out, which is yeah. really what the whole podcast is. Yeah, and it's a great, it's a great that we get So, yeah, out. what's the weirdest thing friends. we can say? We're, we're now um, two hours and nine minutes in. Okay, so we have, including credits, and we probably have like four minutes left in yeah. this movie. This is Qui-Gon's, Qui-Gon's funeral getting immolated. Him alive. Yeah. Um, body doesn't disappear, it just burns. Um, Padme is now back with the hair testicles. Yeah. Um, with purse beeps. Jar Jar looks sad. You this can is tell. a great shot where Anakin fire. is looking at and, and Qui-Gon has sort of been promoted. Yeah. He will be a Jedi, I promise. Yeah. Yeah, there's, so a what, weird, there's a there's a definite sadness to this where Anakin is like, what have I gotten myself into? Attack of the Clones has to be his training, right? I mean, I feel what like you assume. go straight from this. You pick up right where we left off. Yeah. And it's like a kid learning the ways. Can I just say something? Yeah. It's pretty rude all these guys are talking at a funeral. <laughs> 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 They're like, so was it the Sith? You can't talk about this before? Yeah. yeah. But there you go. And then he's Master of the Apprentice. And then there's this shot of Anakin, Obi-Wan, and then we pull focus to yeah, it's, a good shot. it's a great shot and the light flickering on him okay now it's a big party the they're blowing their horns it's a bunch of goongans and they got drums I like this it's actually pretty good I, it kind of peps me up do you know character do you know character I haven't gotten a chance to talk about every time it's on screen I, I, we're talking about something else and I forget to mention it there's the one goongan they show a lot who just looks like Jar Jar but he's fat okay <laughs> I don't notice this character I'm gonna try to figure about. out who he is but he looks like Jar Jar he's dressed like Jar Jar and he's just fat he's just a fat Jar Jar. I like the iconography of this. And you see Anakin now has the Pad 1 braid and the, yeah, he looks pretty disappointed about it. Actually. Yeah, he looks really bummed out. <laughs> but I love the music of this with the, the like, Jake Lloyd really feels like every scene in this movie feels like he'd rather be outside playing with his friends. Yeah. Not the character, the actor. Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Evan Pale there, Evan of Pale course. Famous yeah. Jedi, the great Evan yeah, Pale. Yeah. Um, ah, yeah. yeah. 
And then Emmett all looks very nice and she presents a glowing orb. So I'll double hand it to her. To, uh, to Boss Nass. Boss Nass. The iconography is kind of nice. And he says, peace. Yep, so now peace. <laughs> It didn't feel like there wasn't peace between. Yeah, they were. Oh, and now Amidala looks and yeah, he gives her a little her side, side smirk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's so charmed by and this eight-year-old boy. Obi-Wan, and then the last shot is the wide of all of them. And then we circle. Written and directed by George Lucas. Wow. Okay. Produced by Rick McCallum. Rick. Producers have to exert control over the director. <laughs> Tricky Rick, come on. Executive producer George Lucas. Well, there's the problem. Okay, I'm, right, gonna, I'm doing the more. David Tatterstall. Well, he's Tattersall. director of photography. Yeah. While you're doing this, I'm going to look up and see if I can figure out what the fat goon is. Oh, for named. crying out loud. Forget about the fat goon. You're not going to find him. I want to find him. Ben Burt. And Ben Burt, the sound guy, also edits the movie. He's a pro. Oh, he's the best. Uh, uh, everyone in this is basically British. That's the, you know, the, the crew is British. You're not find it because you're just gonna get Boss Nass. I'm not. It's not. He doesn't he's look like Boss Nass. I know, but he's a fat gunkin. It's not. No, but I'm looking for this other. I know what you're looking for. All right. So billing order is Neeson. Up built makes sense. Huge star. McGregor. Up and comer. Rising. And then I assume Portman. Yeah. Yep. And then is it McShakeward? No, Jake, Jake Lloyd and Pernilla August, August split card. Yeah. And then Frank And, and Frank, Frank Oz is Yoda. Kind of a weird Ian McDermott should be in with Samuel Jackson like, co-starring Jeez, Oliver Ford Davies, Hugh Quarshi, Ian McDermott. And then Alan Bess, Anthony Daniels, Kenny Baker, so all the kind of puppet guys yeah. in one card. With Terrence Stamp as Chance and Samuel Jackson. So there's two ends. Yeah. Oh no, he's not even credited. I mean, he's not top of the That's line. That's so right? weird. Design director, tech. Yeah, That's no, no. So weird. It's weird. Um, why, why, why did Pernilla August get such high billing? That's kind of weird, right? I think. I don't know. It's weird. I mean, she's sort of a major character in that she's on screen a lot. I'm not saying she doesn't deserve high billing, but it's weird for her. Well, she's really just billed over the puppeteers. Yeah. I mean, it's actually kind of a small cast. It really is, yeah. Oh, see, okay, now look at this. Yeah, this order it, it, is Neeson, McGregor, Portman, Lloyd, McDermott, August. Davis, Davis Corsi, Corsi. Best, Daniels, Baker, Oz, Stamp, Blessed, <laughs> Seacombe Park. Again, Samuel Jackson buried behind the Bravo Squadron. Yeah, ahead of Dominic, Dominic West. West. And Sophia Coppola, Kira Knightley, Silas Carson. Jabba the Hutt is credited as himself. Ugh. That's a little Lindsay annoying. Duncan is the voice of TC-14. There she is. Voice of Tay Howe is Toyga. I don't know who that is. I don't, either. I don't know if you noticed the voice of Rune Haku is James Taylor. I assume one and the same. We talked about this before. Fire and Rain, oh, yeah, we made yeah, those yeah, jokes. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. Joke. This whole thing's a fucking blur to me. Yep. Um, yeah. Where's the fat Gungan? How do I find this? You're not going to find it, so just give up. He's so funny looking. Gungan characters. I'm looking on Wikipedia. I searched for fat Gungan. You were right. I only found Boss Nass. <laughs> Rosario Coppola is credited as an assistant. You assume that's another Coppola. Rosario Coppola. Rosario. Uh -huh. Rosario. Uh -huh. Stop looking for the fat gong and I'm looking say for something outrageous. Find him. Say something outrageous? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bruger Nass. Gallo. I'm totally finding this guy. Uh, something outrageous. Jeez, I don't know. Prompt me. 
the gem movie looks terrible. Yeah, the, I mean, I was never. I'm not someone who cares about that, but I'm not either. But I'm still astounded just as a fan of cinema as an art how bad it looks. Yeah, I agree. Um, and uh, it looks like a really straight ripoff of Josie and the Pussycats, which is one of my favorite movies of the last 15 years. Um, but it's like Josie and the Pussycats minus the satirical underpinning. Josie and the Pussycats episode with Pilot. Oh, That's God. like my favorite. Yeah. Movie. Uh, and that movie was a huge flop too. Yeah. It doesn't really have the get it out of jail the free thing. Time. Who made it? Um, it was the people who made Can't Hardly Wait, which is a good movie. Yeah, it was the direct follow-up. Oh boy. Stop looking for the fat gun and you're driving me crazy. There's one named Lunker, and I was hoping the fat one was going to be named Lunker. Agora, Jolie, Danny. They're all listed, God. Yeah, Danny. Well, no pictures, though. Happy Bow. Yeah, I can't find it. Fuck it. Just this is terrible. I hate the whole thing. Uh, don't worry uh, about it. Props that. to the model makers. There's some nice models in this movie. Yeah. We're literally, we're just doing commentary on the credits. That's nice. a long credit sequence. I mean, long. Uh, Visual effects crew fueled by Michael Smith of Java the Hut. That's pretty clever. The coffee guy. And well, I, no, I was thinking Java, the, uh, like the computer program. Um, it said maybe. it was visual effects. You're, well, okay. Okay. I, or maybe it just meant that they found a guy at a coffee shop. Choirs include the New London Children's Choir. So there's a children's mm-hmm. choir on that. On that uh, second unit. Faith. Roger Christian was director of second unit. Okay. He's directed some big stuff, right? I think Roger Christian's directed some films. I've got to be honest. Right. I really don't keep track of second unit guys. Well, but when the transition to being Oh, you're first saying unit, he became a... I believe he has directed fully himself. So we've got an Italy shoot. Roger Christian. Oh, I knew it. Do you know what Roger Christian directed? What? Battlefield Earth. Oh, I knew that. I knew I knew his and name for some reason. I think he got it off of this. Too. I think so too. He made it right after this. Yeah. What a disaster that movie is. Yeah, he directed the Nostradamus movie with F. Murray Abraham. Can't say I know. He that. directed Masterminds with Patrick Stewart and Vincent Carthage. Oh, that one I know. Uh, and the Battlefield Earth. And since then, a lot of. Not a lot. Uh, a film called Bandito. Uh, he did uh, Stranded with Christian Slater, one of those great Christian Slater sci-fi pictures Dude, that we all love. You're missing the uh, the uh, the clothes here. Copyright 1989, released by 20th Century Fox Film Corporation. Phone THX. If you experience any condition that distracted from the theatrical presentation of this film, please call 1-800-PHONE-THX or visit THX Quality Assurance. Should we call that number right now? Uh, no. Let's not do I'm going to call them. No. 1-800-PHONE-THX? Yeah. Uh, don't do that. You don't think I should call them complain about the movie? No, no, no. Because the movie actually looked great. What is this, by the way? This, I don't know. It's like we're seeing like motors like gearing up. No one's actually watched the end of this movie before. It's crazy. Okay, phone T. Information is available about this number. 061T. Do you know what this looks like a lot right now? What we're seeing is like a weird... I think it's an ad for THX. It's like a sound reel. Yeah, here we go. But it was made to look like flowers and fauna all turning into machinery. It looks kind of like Strange Magic, the film that George Lucas Uh, co-wrote and produced that came out earlier this year. Who wrote that movie? I'm pretty sure. It was his idea. At the very least, it's based on the story. He does a lot of like napkin movies, right? Where it's like George Lucas is like, go do this. Yeah. Uh, he said he, he 
uh, wanted to make a movie that was Star Wars for girls. And my analysis of that that's, movie... That's really what he said? Yep. And my analysis of Strange Magic is that George Lucas has never met a girl before. If that's the movie that he thinks a girl wants to see, that he's never met a girl. Man, it is so crazy that George Lucas is married to this like super awesome lady who he uh, he hopefully... Melanie Hobson. The more I look her up, the more I'm impressed by her and the more I'm embarrassed The more you're ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Jet magazine. She, she's the editor of Jet Magazine. Um, I'm the b- biggest piece of garbage. In he has a story credit on Strange Magic. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, well, that that concludes our run of the Phantom Menace officially. We've yeah, got done the commentary. It. That's it. Uh, it was terrible. I hope you synced it up with the film while you watched it. You oh. probably gained a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're now at two hours and twenty minutes. I can't believe this worked. Yeah, me neither. Um, well, any any final thoughts you want to say? Well, I mean, you, you'll next hear us doing Judging the Judge, and then after that, Attack of the Podcast. You have to watch the Judge. You have to watch the Judge. <laughs> I'm really not excited to watch. I have to the watch judge. the Judge a second time, David. <laughs> Our fans demand. It. We have to. People were banging oh down boy. our doors going, I want judging the judge. When are we doing that? Uh, June 3rd? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Final thoughts. Oh, I, I, I can't believe I just watched that movie again. I'm going to have to log it on Letterboxd. Uh, okay. How many times have you logged it now? I, I keep forgetting to log it. Okay. Yeah. So here are my final predictions about Attack of the Clones. Uh, we're going to do Attack of the Clones. So now, come on. Forget Attack of the Clones. Or unless you want to make some crazy prediction. I just want to say, you look at sequels try to improve on the original, right? Yeah. Let's give more of what the fans like, less of what they didn't. So soon they're going to, you know, course correct the death of Darth Maul by bringing the clones in. Yeah. But I also just think streamlined. Okay. Tons of action scenes, clear right. goals, right. dramatic stakes upped. Yeah. Tension. You know, I want scenes where every scene I know what's going on, why it's happening. It sounds like you're hoping for something. Less exposition. Let's not forget this is a Star Wars movie made by George Lucas. And it was made 13 years ago. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, but if you were if you were someone who watched The Phantom Menace and George Lucas was making a sequel and said, what did you like about the movie? I would say, I like the pod race. Mm-hmm. Lightsaber battles are kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, strip away a lot of these characters. Jar Jar, Anakin. Get rid of them. Obi Wan. Well, you know what's encouraging? We looked at the IMDb. New guy playing Anakin. They got rid of Jake Lloyd. Right. He's probably a huge improvement. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. So I assume it's still going to be a little boy. That's how, logically that'd be the it, next step in this franchise. Griffin, it's Hayden Christensen. We know he's not a little boy. Well, not now, but the movie was made a while ago. Hayden Christensen was a teenager in 2002, at least. Really? I think so. Well, that feels like a weird story choice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when did Shattered Glass come out? 2003. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so there you go. <laughs> so you're. That's a good movie. Wait, so you're telling me that all the other actors are playing the same characters continuous, and that this one character has suddenly aged like 10 years it overnight? Makes sense if you think about it, because. If Amidala is what fourteen, then um, now she's going to be seventeen, and, and, and he's going to be. Can... <laughs> now he's going to be the same age. Well, as because her? Portman's older than the character she's playing. It's all it all works out. Okay, fine, whatever. I'm uh, so excited to watch Attack uh, of the Clothes. I'm so a... excited to just watch a new movie. Um, yeah, so I'm much really wiped out. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Okay, so this is the end of the podcast. No, it's, I mean we can talk. Yeah, as we're long done. As we're done. Uh, you you got to go. Do what do you have to do now? <laughs> Um, I have so much work to do. Really? I have to review Aquarius. David Duchovny. 
bad. Really bad. It's really bad. Uh, I have to interview David Yellow tomorrow. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, that's really fun. Yeah, I'm going to use this thing, in fact. Yeah. This uh, thing we're recording this podcast on to interview him. Uh, I maybe have a date tonight with this mustache, which I'm. I really need to talk about. to you about this, but we'll do that off mic. Yeah. Okay. Uh, great. So uh, thank you all for listening. Oh my God. If you're still listening, I just don't know who you are. Oh, let's do, let's do this thing where we throw out a hashtag to tweet at us. So if you are listening, yes. prove to us yeah, that you're yeah, listening yeah, yeah, at this yeah. point. So what what's what's the ultimate hashtag for for our listeners right now? Um, well, hashtag Gragra. No, that's too obvious. They might already, if they're just fans, they might. What's something that you wouldn't think of unless you were listening up until? For you, it's point. hashtag Fat Gungan. Fat Gungan? Fat Gungan. Yeah, make it hashtag Fat Gungan. Yeah. And just you tweet, can figure out what the Fat Gungan is named. Just tweet Fat, fat Gungan at us. Tweet if Fat you, Gungan. If you made it, and literally, no one will ever do this. Okay, and here's the thing. Just because we want full honesty. We don't want another fuck you email on our hands where people are lying and getting a TV taken away for yeah, a month. Right, right. We want full, full transparency. If you just skipped ahead to the end. Which is fine. To hear the hashtag <laughs> so that you could tweet to us because you thought that's the kind of thing we were going to do. That's fine with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we ask that you acknowledge that that's what you did by adding on a second hashtag, which is Java the Hut. Yeah, that's good. That's right. good. Java the Hut. So if you've actually listened all the way if through. If you actually listened all the way through, you should tell us. Who Griffin sat next to? Who gave each other hand jobs? And that's the test. <laughs> and um, yeah. So there were four big names I threw. I used first names only. They were my two friends Honestly, who fingered each I, other during Attack of the Clones. I, I don't remember the names. <laughs> and then it was the two people with the email. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, great. All uh, right. Thank you all for listening. And uh, as always, David. I, I, I don't know. And as always, we give up. As always, goodbye. <laughs> We're done. Goodbye.